What the hell is going on? Well, okay. The theme just went round again and again and again whilst Burns sat in silence, not know what was going on. Classic. <laughs> I muted it on the uh, YouTube feed, whilst on the podcast feed you would have got 10 and over again. Oh, I know. I know what's... I'm an idiot. The, the song's just that good. No, I'm hearing... I'm an idiot. I'm hearing an own echo... Oh, there we nice. go. So, what's happened here is I had the YouTube feed open, forgetting because I'd copied the description over for the speak, for the podcast. <laughs> so I was just ah, hearing you're it. Hearing yourself. Again. So there Literally. was nothing wrong. Nothing went wrong. And I was like, "What's wrong with me playing?" <laughs> oh, amazing start. And here I was bragging to Burn. It's like, "Oh, I've got a professional." Good thing you wrote a script. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, technical issues. Oh, it's fine. Back back to normal. <laughs> Right, but everything is live. It's all working. Apparently, my resolution isn't good. I don't give a crap. I can't swear. It's on YouTube. Ah, oh. <laughs> oh, demonetized. Oh. That didn't demonetized. take long. Demonetized. Oh. <laughs> you can't talk about events because it's Americans. Daytime TV the standards of advertising. Us, us, us in Europe, <laughs> it's just like, why is it their standards? That was so much more <laughs> lax. I'm not used to this. <laughs> oh. We're Puritans. Any- I don't know if you know this. <laughs> my brother's wife uh, grew up in Utah, so uh, like Yikes. she she was brought up Mormon. So that's a yeah. that's a special area of the United States. There's like four of them that are like their own little quarantine mm. areas. But still, tune into AW live from Salt Lake next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, hello, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and this is LOP Radio on YouTube, on Spreaker, and wherever you get your podcast feeds. And bloody hell, what a roller coaster of a week we've had since last Thursday with the lowest lows of uh, WWE, followed by a damn great high on the Saudi Arabia shows. That's five for five now, whilst I'm sat here having kicked out at one, <laughs> wondering, why do you keep watching these shows? <laughs> like, are you glutton for punishment? <laughs> what is wrong with The you? highest of highs, like a suplex from Bill Goldberg. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but that was followed by a damn great high served down to us on Saturday night. Uh, as you can tell by the title this week that I have chosen to use, uh, things don't look to be shifting anywhere different. <laughs> so we're keeping on that roller coaster ride. Uh, and to have a delightful chat about all the vessels this week, I am joined by my former co host, the other half of the Ve- Perfect 10 Wrestling Podcast. It's Burn. Just a delightful little chat. Just a friendly little talk. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Like when I was, uh, after you left, I was like, well, how do I keep the kind of tone of the show normal? So I know what. When I invite people on, I'll just say, yeah, it's, it's a cup of tea and a chat. <laughs> That's all we are. <laughs> like nothing so crazy. English. <laughs> well, like I had, uh, like I'd invite a couple of like YouTube people on and they were like, oh, you're going to ask me any interview questions. It's like, no. 
It's not that kind of show. No, it's not. (laughs) We're going to have a lovely chat about wrestling. And I'm not going to interview in the slightest, even though I probably should. (laughs) But I didn't. Eh, Whatever. We don't care about them. It's more like... We're going to talk about Paige's emergency surgery. Oh, oh, the, the number one news where... I found out she had emergency emergency surgery at the same time I found out she was fine from the emergency surgery. <laughs> so like there was no tension for me. It all happened whilst I was asleep. So that's often how that works. But hopefully she's fine. I didn't want to read about the details cuz digging into people's personal oh, medical history yeah. is a little too much. Yes. And that, that's a that was always one of the I guess traits of our show is when we brought up something that was a bit more serious like this if it's personal. Uh, we bring it up. We're not going to pry. We're not going to be dicks about it there goes the monetization i'm british that's just a normal word (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't even mean what you think it means (laughs) it just means oh you fool (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that Uh, but anyway so uh a lovely delightful chat about the pro wrestling world that's happened in the past week uh i've already dropped hints about the saudi arabia thing if you want to know my full views on this i say this every time just read my columns on it for the first three events i posted a column every time diving into detail doing full-on research so there's a lot of stuff on them so just go read those if you want my full views on it all i've got to the point now where i don't cover it this is the most i talk about it like in the columns i'll bring up about uh, how i don't like it uh, I went through a spell of calling it name redacted in all capitals, <laughs> <laughs> just not even mentioning the name. But no, no, I know why I did that now because WWE couldn't say their name on television, and, uh, I, yep. <laughs> and I called them name redacted for the entire time. <laughs> it wasn't until they. That's when it. you call it the Saudi Arabia show. Ah, <laughs> oh yeah, when they can't do it. Ah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hopefully nobody except reviewers and writers actually watch the show because they should not be rewarded for that trash in so many different ways oh, it makes me well, I, don't, I won't say disappointed but like, I'm fight, like if you're sean ross sap covering it for fightful uh you have caused your own pain but it's necessary pain for your <laughs> living <laughs> yeah at least you're getting paid for it instead of paying for it yeah if you're a random person like i, I guess like me where it's just like oh, oh do you want to cover it nah <laughs> yeah like, um, and, and the thing is you know we we in the wrestling community right have had this thing about you know, Raw and SmackDown suck, but if you like it, watch it. If you don't like it, don't watch it. But, you know, if you hate it, like, maybe stop watching it and stop being so toxic about it. But if you like it, you know, don't let people dissuade you. But, like, this is the one thing where, you know, I would come out and just say, don't watch it. Like, if you like WWE, if you don't like WWE, do not watch the Saudi Arabia shows. Just don't. For, like, a whole bunch of reasons, political, non-political, wrestling, whatever, there's just no reason to watch it. It is pure trash, and it's just there for some rich Saudi princes to reminisce about the 90s. There's nothing for anyone else in that show, and it's only harmful. And the best thing about it is how it's now hurting the main product directly. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like a little bubble beforehand where you could essentially tune out for three weeks. Uh, Like I was saying in my write-ups for the reviews in my current columns, which go up every single week on a Sunday if you want to go read those, uh, little cheap plug. Uh, so if you wow. <laughs> <laughs> right here in Milwaukee, yeah. <laughs> so if you, um... yeah. So if you're watching like Raw or SmackDown, like I was writing that Monday Night Raw did a really good job of continuing to build to WrestleMania, even though, but they would on the side tell you that Saudi Arabia is happening this Thursday. SmackDown <laughs> was nothing but Saudi Arabia build. So if you're like me, where you're kind of you tune out for the Saudi Arabia stuff because it's like its own unique little bubble, 
where you can just tune out for those three weeks. And for SmackDown, I was like, after, I was like, in hindsight, if I wasn't covering this for the column, <laughs> even though I was covering it for the column, I could have just skipped it. And the keen-eyed viewer might have realised that my last two columns weren't reviewing the past week of wrestling, and instead were just talking about one singular topic <laughs> on all the shows. So yeah, that's because I didn't watch SmackDown. I tuned out because <laughs> there was like no point in doing so because they were entirely Saudi Arabia builds and just yeah. I so, at least appreciate that everyone is on the same page about them building one interesting character for the last 12 months and then having him drop the title to a 52-year-old who can't even perform his basic signature moves anymore. At least everyone is on the same page there. Well, hmm, I've, well I'd say most people are on the same page. I've seen quite a few people saying that the Roman Reigns Goldberg is 10 times more interesting than Fiend versus Roman. Therefore, it was 100% the right thing to do. <laughs> Well, I'm thinking, well, that to me, just it's a massive, like, especially with AEW now in existence, where they are showing you that they are doing that long-term storytelling, especially if you just look at Hangman Page. The long-term build that you're seeing play out there is fantastic. But then when you look at NXT, does the same thing as well, where they're clearly building from one takeover, and then when that takeover happens, it leads into the next one so naturally that they knew where they were yep. going the entire time. WWE... Yep. Hell in a Cell slash Saudi Arabia show from November. Can't remember what it's called because I don't engage enough to remember. Crown Jewel, there we go. <laughs> so those two shows together, they had no idea what to do. They'd messed up Seth Rollins. The Fiend was a quick fix. He should never have been in that match. Like just... He should never have been champion, but also yeah. yes. So this, <laughs> <laughs> so this with Goldberg, it's more of a culmination of errors over a half a year period, all coming to this point where they can't have The Fiend be champion going into WrestleMania. Roman Reigns is walking out as champion to complete his, I guess, comeback arc. So he has to win, but he can't beat The Fiend. So why did you make the book a champion? <laughs> Just don't make him champion. It's a culmination of errors all leading to this point where it's, it's, it just screams of as evidence that not that they are, they don't, they're not writing long term, and I don't always call that a con. Sometimes I'm fine with that. Like if the story plays out relatively fine, even if there's some continuity errors, if I enjoy it, I won't really mind. But <laughs> with this, it's so clear that they they didn't know what they were doing, and now it's they're in terms of trying to get invested in the matches at WrestleMania. I couldn't give less of a toss for Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. <laughs> like John I mean, Cena... at least Roman's not squashing anyone I care about. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. <laughs> On SmackDown the day after, where they like, I didn't watch it, but I did because I wanted because I, I obviously watched SmackDown on a Saturday because obviously I'm not going to stay up in the middle of the night to watch it, but I wanted to be happy going into my AEW Revolution aftershock show <laughs> and watching it all. So I thought, you know what? No, I'm just not gonna. Like Goldberg's music hit. He came out and he and the crowd was booing him, and <laughs> and he turned to them and he said. I it it doesn't matter who was last; it matters who's next. And I went exactly and turned it off. <laughs> just... That's funny. I, did, I didn't watch because I haven't been watching Raw, Raw or SmackDown. I, I've been reading like the you know the summaries and whatnot, but I don't really watch them except for a couple little clips, like Drew McIntyre kicking Brock's head off multiple times. Big fan, big fan. Uh, Randy Orton's amazing promo with with Beth in the in the ring that was also incredible. You know, him having like this psychopathic, sociopathic justification for hurting Edge because he was that kid that was making his name off of taking out legends, you know, RKOing people onto cars and, 
you know, punting people. He knows that some kids are going to try to make their name taking out this legend who just came back from a horrific injury. And he's like, I had to put him down so someone else didn't put him down worse. I love him more than you do because you let him do this and I don't want him to. Like, it's, it's just beautiful. And at the same time, you know he's full of shit. It's so perfect for his character. It's so perfect. Raw, I mean, it's so funny. You put Paul Heyman in charge of Raw or give him a little creativity and, you know, outside of this ricochet bullshit, like, Raw is now a good show, apparently. Oh, that, like, we were emailing earlier in the week about the ricochet stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, dear. <laughs> Wait, um, I put out a tweet. I'll see if I can find the tweet in a second after I've done my, uh, done my tweet about the wrestling. But I've got Burns' bloody face in the way, so I can't see if I typed it right. <laughs> oh, I yeah, typed... I mean, it's, it's crazy that, like, He's super over his Prince Puma, super over his Ricochet, shows up in NXT, he's a superstar, has done literally nothing since getting called up in, you know, one of those 12, like, NXT call-ups where they try to ruin NXT and, like, the next generation just steps up. But, like, where's EC3 been? Nowhere. Where are the Iconics? Nowhere. Where is, you know, Ricochet? losing in a minute to Brock Lesnar and then losing a fucking 24-7 match to a jobber on NXT that I didn't even know got called up. <laughs> Oh, and oh yeah, because you yeah, Vidic Moss he wouldn't because he he was called up to be the I guess champion protector for Mojo Rawley. We're <laughs> talking about how high Great. up he was. Then he turned on Mojo, and then he was able to defend his title in a triple threat with Mojo and our truth. Now he's beaten Ricochet. <laughs> just like what? <laughs> uh, the yeah, I just found my tweet I put out as soon as I'd watched it. So. Just saw the Ricochet bit from Royal, and boy howdy, another fantastic example of my issues with WWE. No consequences to losing, no arc past the single story currently on, no plan once it's finished, and no regard for the recent past once we are on to that next thing. Amazing. Yep. I mean, Bray Wyatt comes out and confronts John Cena, right? That's the other clip, the only other clip I saw this week from Mm. SmackDown. Comes out, confronts, you know, points at the sign because apparently The Fiend cares about having a WrestleMania moment. Uh, <laughs> but you know, where, where's his fury about losing to, to Goldberg? Where's his desire for revenge and to warp him and to break him? Like, is his fucking character? Nope, it's WrestleMania season. Got to point at the sign and find a vet to, to have a big match with. Uh, just oh, no Fiend. concern with the past. <laughs> it's just The Fiend pointing at the sign. I didn't think I'd mind that much after I saw oh. people talking about it. And it's just like, actually... It does not fit. Why would he do that? <laughs> it's really weird. The fact that he should be like this independent force like The Undertaker, like everyone says. Mm. Shouldn't care about titles, at least early in The Undertaker's run. Shouldn't care about titles. Shouldn't care about WrestleMania moments. He should just care about breaking people. You know, he is an mm. independent force from the wrestling universe, and instead he is just dove right into the wrestling universe. He cares about championships. He fights in weird shows and then he cares about having a wrestlemania match with john cena okay like we haven't seen cena versus bray wyatt before okay yeah (laughs) uh so if that they are the only ones you've seen you won't know about the greatest thing from raw this week (laughs) just ironically greatest there were some generally amazing... Raw was so weird this week. It, the opening and the ending were both amazing. They had two fantastic tag team <laughs> matches as well. But everything in between was, like, awful. <laughs> like, low, like the Ricochet thing. That is, like, so damaging stuff. But my favourite thing, in terms of comedy, uh, was Eric Rowan... D- 
do you know what happened with Oak Row in this week? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so yes. The reveal of what is in the cage because no way Jose asked him kindly <laughs> after months of this. <laughs> Look, no one thought to do that. <laughs> yeah. Just a kindly backstage, just be like, um, Eric, what what is in the cage? <laughs> so kind. Uh, and then he gets it out, and it's like, oh my god, it's a creepy animatronic spider. <laughs> That is a, like a like I have massive arachnophobia, like as a genuine thing. So when I heard people talking about it, it was like, oh, I might just skip this. But <laughs> it looks so bad, <laughs> so blatantly not real. But they were playing it. It is blatantly like uh, an animatronic spider, just like you know, Sushi Okada came out uh, for one of his entrances with an animatronic dinosaur. That's cool. (laughs) (laughs) An animatronic spider that he is holding, and the commentators are talking as if it's real. Like it's a. And the way that he's been burning his hand as well is like, oh no. The story is this is a real spider. (laughs) And that is actually. And he's going to, like, Jake the Snake, but with a spider. Ooh, except not a spider. Except it's not a spider, (laughs) it's animatronic. It's a stuffed animal. (laughs) <laughs> so, oh it's amazing absolutely I mean, amazing so so i saw a fan theory someone throwing this out there that it's not actually a spider it's like a reflection of whatever the audience is is like afraid of that's amazing if they did that and like every time you pulled it out it was something different and you know they actually invested in something more than a 40 dollar plush toy to put in it <laughs> but that's not what's gonna happen it's gonna be this crappy spider and you know, we'll see it again when he puts it on someone's face and they like do a wobbly camera to make it look realistic, and it's just going to be terrible. <laughs> also, I think... and then anyone who's like three rows back live won't even be able to tell what it is. <laughs> I think ever since I had my wobble, where I was like, ah, nothing's working. I think my microphone might have been muted on YouTube <laughs> the entire time. Okay, so... that's going to be hilarious. So I will, and there's just we'll... like these two minute diatribes that are like completely silent, and it's just me interjecting yeah. and reacting, reacting. And you're like, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> and I didn't curse. A li- I yeah. didn't curse. Uh, YouTube, remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's, we've been live 18 minutes. I might have muted myself for 15 of them. <laughs> so that's <laughs> bloody great. Uh. <laughs> anyway, podcast is fine. There's that. That's been perfectly. I was, I was lucky. I caught that. <laughs> anyway, podcast is the OG. It's all we care about. Yeah, 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 yeah. YouTube's a nice little extra. Of <laughs> just, I'm trying to really find so much stuff to click about with this. It's 2020. We're we're on the YouTube bandwagon now. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So that Eric Rowe thing was absolutely amazing, and I am horrified in the best way to see what they do next with it. <laughs> if just... they could just like pick a character for Rowan, that would be great. They found one. That's the best bit. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he got over. Oh. He's in the Wyatt family. Oh, no, now he's with Daniel Bryan, and he's this, you know, genius, you know, world-traveled vintner. Oh, now he's an axe brother with his buddy Luke Harper. Oh, now he's this weird, creepy guy with an animal in a cage. What's he going to be next month? (laughs) It's going to be quite interesting to see what he slowly becomes. Does he... I was thinking, does he come out like the Night King in Game of Thrones atop the spider? (laughs) Just... That would be amazing. I don't care if it looks crappy. That would be amazing. Well, when I say will he, we all know the most likely scenario is a also, like an augmented reality spider. 
Like, we're not getting animatronic. <laughs> no. That would also be funny. So you see it live, and it's just like these weird sticks and strings, then they like 3D over it, CGI oh, over it for the, for the crowd. It'd be great. <laughs> not in the best way possible. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you're going to be campy, be campy. Yeah, like if everyone's going to be getting all together to catch the coronavirus, why not just you know, go full camp? Yes. Whilst doing uh, it? Which, uh. So I went to NXT TakeOver Portland, which was mm. awesome. My first wrestling show live ever. And like two days later, I got the flu. So, ah. yep, there we go. That's that's my punishment for going to an arena with 10,000 people. <laughs> Coincidentally, around the exact same time, I caught an illness. I think it was like the next weekend. Uh, I went to my friend's and he's got a two-year-old daughter. And of course, like the news about Corona was like properly getting a bit more serious around then, <laughs> and and obviously, like it was like, oh, you've not you've not bumped into anyone with the virus, have you? He's like, my friend's got a two year old. It doesn't take a genius <laughs> to figure <laughs> out where I actually got this from. <laughs> so, so yes, it was lovely getting the getting the flu and the illness right around the time where people were starting to get a little bit, uh, and they're not informed yep. that well yet. <laughs> so, Right, when you're not informed, but you know it's bad, mm. and you're like, oh my god, I think I'm sick too. <laughs> it was like the worst time. It was like, I knew where I'd got it from, but of course the way that people look at you when they, when it's in the news, it's just like keeping their distance, just type of thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, you've not got it, have you? When there's been zero confirmed cases in the area. There still haven't been, luckily <laughs> for me. Like There's been nothing in Nottingham. Right next door in Derby, there's been one. <laughs> so that's the closest I've got. Yep. I mean, Birmingham anyone who's played away. Plague Inc. knows you can't infect the islands. It's like the UK, Madagascar, <laughs> Greenland. Like, those are the ones that are going to ruin your game because you can never infect the islands. I mean, we're, we're infected. It's happening. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> really slowly, which we could take as a bit of a sense of pride whilst we watch what happens with America and the incompetence. Which is, this is all, this always happens with me and Burn. Like, especially on our older shows, we'd always get into these kind of conversations. <laughs> it's have nothing to do with wrestling. <laughs> but it's just. Yeah. Like, your PM. Your PM is just pretend incompetent. Ours is actually incompetent. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, ours is equally as dangerous because he's pretending sure. to be incompetent. Like, he can't trust what he's saying. Because, oh, he's definitely or... more dangerous. Yeah, as in... Be- because like... he knows what he's doing. Mm. Well, like I've talked about, when I've talked, when I've talked about American politics, the comparison I've made is it's like if you got rid of Trump and then Pence were getting power, that's like getting rid of King Joffrey and then Ramsey gets in. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, we got in the actual evil person that knows what he's doing. Oh, no, <laughs> that's even worse. Ramsey for Game of Thrones. Oh, no, he's so scary. He, yeah. he, he P- does Ramsey Pence things. being in charge of coronavirus stuff when he allowed an outbreak of HIV in Indiana and is generally fucking incompetent and stupid. Just uh, of course that's just that's just how our government works now. So, and if you're one of the many LOP readers who supports uh, the Trump side, uh, we're glad to have pissed you off. <laughs> so it happens. <laughs> oh, is that, the amount please, of please defend stuff. please defend Pence. Go ahead, I, I'd love to hear it. Post mm. post in the comments. Oh, uh, sorry, I've got a play. What I literally just did there whilst Burn was talking. I have a plate of chips in front of me that are getting very, 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 very cold. <laughs> but, um, and my by brother... chips, he means fries. Oh, yeah, I'm English. So I mean fries. <laughs> but my brother <laughs> kindly poured some salt on them just to make them a bit uh, nicer. Uh, and I thought I'd just dab some salt onto my finger and then eat it. Then I, then I suddenly remembered how else I was eating it. Oh, wait, no, that's salt. Oh, <laughs> why have I done that? That's horrible. <laughs> oh. Wow. 
hence the tangent away from our tangent, which is really the best way to get back to what we're talking about. <laughs> what are we talking about? So, I mean, you, you kind of brought up TakeOver Portland and how you were there. So, so being there live, how did you enjoy the show? It was fun. I The most jarring part is not having commentary when you're watching wrestling. All you're hearing is, like, the ref slamming the mat and the wrestlers hitting each other and the crowd yelling. I had someone that was literally right beside me just like taunting people constantly and talking. And it was hilarious. Um, Sam Roberts, every time they cut to him and every time he talked, it was the loudest booze of the night. <laughs> Nobody got louder booze. It was phenomenal. It was hilarious. That guy is useless. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just jarring to not hear any commentary and just be focused on the wrestling. It was super fun. Um, yeah. And obviously that is, Oh, I'm here. Oh, I think I lost the internet. That was my end. Uh, one of us. <laughs> Apparently, we're st- are we still connected to YouTube? Yes, we are. I oh, thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. I just realised I had my uh, on my my Ethernet connection. It was giving like the the symbols like, oh no, not again. I say again. that's probably the EU cutting you guys off. <laughs> so I have no idea when that when I went or if it's like <laughs> just a second. <laughs> so I was just saying that the most jarring part is no commentary, just being focused mm, on the yeah. matches is super interesting, super fun. The card was amazing. You know, when NXT comes back to Portland in ten years, I will totally go again. Not really interested in seeing Raw SmackDown, just because you know two hours of terrible promos and two good matches and four bad three minute matches isn't super appealing. But man, Takeover was great. Like watching it, and live. you know, I would, I would probably go see an AEW show if it came to Portland or maybe even Seattle. I would do that. I think they are. They're going there. About <laughs> they're going all over the place. <laughs> they're going there sometimes, was, somewhere because they they do like a full on proper promo list of like no on WWE where it just comes across the bottom, and but yeah. they continue plugging the storyline in AEW when it comes onto the screen. They'll vocally plug it. I was just trying to remember where did they plug? I remember New York. I remember Salt Lake. Oh, they must have said something. <laughs> but yeah, where was where was Revolution? I wasn't actually paying attention. Chicago. Ah, right, 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 right. Yeah. Which for some reason Hangman Page is super popular in. Is he from Chicago? Oh no, he's just super popular. As in, he's that's just a, super popular. Yeah, it's just super, that, that's the reaction he gets every week on Dynamite. So, like, because his. So are we, we going to so talk good. about? Are we going to talk about them now? Because yeah, when I started watching Ooh. when AEW started. Uh, and they had like double or nothing and whatnot. And I was, I saw Paige and I, I knew the name and it sounded cool. And I'd kind of heard of him and he was coming off as a big deal and he's challenging Jericho and he seemed so fucking boring, so generic, like just, just nothing to him. He wasn't interesting. And I, I don't watch AEW week to week. I just kind of follow along reviews and commentary and whatnot, but I watched revolution. Yeah. Just a totally different person, different character, actually interesting crowd is crazy behind him. Super fun, and then I saw the highlights from Dynamite and read about it, and yeah, he's just... That dude's on fire all of a sudden. Yeah, so the best thing about it is it's... I guess all of a sudden is actually quite a good thing for me to bounce off there. Uh, the best thing about it is it isn't all of a sudden. Ever right. since... Oh, what was it? Full Gear, that's it. Ever since Full Gear, they've been, for the last... I guess that's November, December, December, January, January... Three months. <laughs> yes, I had to do that. Wow. For the last three months, it's been... Like a really slow build, like continuously building to where we're at now. And you saw it in the promo packages. Like everything that happened there slowly unraveled over three months. 
until you get to the point where we are now. It's just like, oh, and the cowboy shit chant like caught on on week one, like as soon as it was said, <laughs> <laughs> like it really worked. Uh, the drinking the alcohol thing, I think just one week the crowd were doing it and they went with it like full on. Like that's the like for me the major difference between AEW and WWE. Where with AEW are really really willing to just go with what the fans do and to like to interact with the fans and to openly uh, when I say openly listen to the criticism. For me, that's been shown in 2020. Like the way they've made little changes and a lot of things have been addressed. Like it's it's really it's really really weird to see that level of engagement compared to WWE, where they kind of crap on the fans. Oh, this week as well. <laughs> But this week they showed reviews from like the wrestling media for Revolution. Like they flashed up like a like the tagline. They flashed that up on the screen and it put the name of them like Wade Keller, Brian Alvarez, Dave Meltzer. Huh. As in they embraced the wrestling yes. world. Hmm, what a novel idea. Instead of crapping on it and acting like you're greater than thou. It's like Would they, no, it's, would they yeah. post those same reviews if they were negative though? Nope. <laughs> that's, that's your real test. It's, re- in, uh, it's real easy to embrace the the reviews when they're positive. Ah, uh, which is which is actually direct, which was um, uh, brought up by Voices of Wrestling, the I guess network, and uh, Tony Khan responded to their tweet saying exactly what you just said there, and he was like, <laughs> "Well, all the greater incentive to keep putting on great shows then." Because <laughs> just because uh, response. Because because um, Voice of Investing was talking more about when like after every single like pay per view, Tony Khan has come out and they do like the presser for the wrestling media where they're all there asking questions, and Voice of Investing making the point of like these interactions are all well and good and seemingly really great interactions whilst people are really positive about the shows. <laughs> I can't wait until AW have their first fluff. Like, the first pay-per-view, which from start to right. end just doesn't work. <laughs> or they have, like, a major booking thing that nobody likes. Like I assume like because the people who are in charge are also the top people in the company, they'll handle it well. You know, if they, think, if they're going to yeah. know they had a bad show, and they'll be able to, I think, turn that into, you know, new storylines. Mm. I assume because they are very sharp, you know. Mm. These are all, like... 25 30 35 year olds in their physical and mental prime super passionate about the business i think they'll realize when they put on a crappy show and be able to turn it but you know that is the true test right like i was just saying you know it's it's easy to embrace the media when they're being nice to you because you're doing well but are you going to do the same thing when they're negative you know we'll find out we'll find like new japan they do they go out no matter what happened (laughs) wait so (laughs) so but that's a different culture in japan in america Oh, we're in the world where ECW existed and UF'd up and all of that. <laughs> it's just like directly criticizing the uh, people, the performers. It's like it's a completely different environment. So I'm really, uh, I with everybody else. I'm quite interested to see how they handle it when they do a bad. I mean, they've done a bad on shows before. Like the women's division is actively criticized rightly. The dark it's order, not great. <laughs> <laughs> like the dark order, like Hangman Page, like at All In or All Out, whichever one it was. That wasn't like particularly great. However, they've spent months rehabbing it, like slowly, slowly over the course of time, putting in little things, seeing what clicks, and adjusting to that. And I've done it over the course of months, which is the best thing about their schedule for AEW. They can spend those months trying to see what clicks. So by the time you hit the pay per view, 
you've like slowly over the course of time put it all together and it feels all grand and it's all built to this one single direction. You don't get what we've got with WWE. We've got a pay-per-view this Sunday and no Fs to give. <laughs> it's like all kind of uh, tunneled towards that one thing like months down the line as well. It's like so focused in telling its stories as well. It makes the stories feel long-term as well just because so, the way that they're doing it. So my one other question slash concern is, since we're talking about Hangman Page and his kind of rehab uh, and how they yes. tweaked his direction, but it's also Hangman Page. It was like one of their big guys. He's in the elite. Of course, they're going to be invested in fixing him. It's not like he was going to have you know a rough couple of months and they were going to cut him or he was going to get demoted, right? So of course, they're invested in this really big guy, but... Are they invested in making everyone a star? Are they invested in giving everyone in interesting angles? Or is someone going to have you know a bad match or a not interesting story, and then they're just going to kind of fade away like WWE likes to do with people? Oh, you mean like hardcore legend Luther? <laughs> <laughs> Who? Oh, did, do you know, uh, did you follow any of the Nightmare Collective story that they were doing? I only know that it existed and then it didn't exist because someone finally put a veto on that. Yeah, so it was Brandy who put the veto on it where apparently people backstage wanted to continue it a little bit longer and she was like, no, it's not working. Let's just nip it in the bud. <laughs> and she was like, she was so right in order to do that. But, Brandy being a weird witch doctor just on TV? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea was to push Awesome Kong and... Unfortunately, she's a lot older. She's suffering from a lot of the injuries of being a wrestler for such a long time. And she can't go at the level she used to. So the idea was to build a collective around her to kind of mask that. Not the worst idea in the world. Execution-wise, one of the worst (laughs) ideas in the world. (laughs) It really didn't work at all. And, like, Luther was just the pin... And it was like um, AW had a really big habit of lights going out, surprise appearance, no matter who the person was. Like, um, it can be a bit of a meme for Excalibur to, because he's the guy who knows who these people are because he's so connected to the indie scene with him running PWG. That it'd be like, oh my god, it's hardcore legend Luther, and everyone at home is like, <laughs> literally never heard of him. <laughs> that means yeah. nothing to me. And they have a lot of WCW DNA because yeah, they Cody, do. Yeah, that's that's a just a trademark of WCW. <laughs> Lights go out, turns on. Oh my god, it's Sting or whatever. Except it's not Sting. It's a guy nobody's ever heard of. Like my joke, the, my joke rhythm for it was. Uh, Super kick, lights go out, Canadian destroyer. Oh my god, it's the bunny! <laughs> like the one that the one that definitely became a meme was like, oh my god, it's the blade, it's the butcher, the butcher, the blade. And everyone at home is like, yeah, but who are they? And Excalibur's going, it's the, the blade, the butcher. And then Jim Ross is like, I don't know how else to explain it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over the course of weeks, they did a much better job, and I was just like, oh crap, that's Braxton Sutter from TNA. He looks so different now. <laughs> Don't it's... they look cool? <laughs> they look so, so cool. And like, um, <laughs> my favourite reaction I saw on Twitter was like, oh my god, does the butcher have a monocle? Yes, <laughs> I am yes, in. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Such a cool image. The butcher's in a band, can't remember what they're called. So if you want to check him out, his music. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, with uh, so for me, a fantastic example is Sammy Guevara and Darby Allin. So... I'm Ooh, interested. Yeah, what did you think of <laughs> what did you think of their match at AW Revolution having not really watched Dynamite? I don't watch Dynamite. I have seen none of their matches. I've seen a little bit of Sammy just like in promos and stuff hanging around. You know, seemed like a charismatic young guy, but that match was just 
bonkers. That was great. The 6.30 through the table before the match even starts. Darby Allen's a beast flying all over the place. That was just pinnacle cruiserweight. And it's just refreshing going from like 205 Live cruiserweight championship matches, which are basically at this point just regular matches. They're not even like cruiserweight tournament on WWE Network matches, which were awesome. Like that's what the Dynamite match was that's i mean they, they're not calling it a cruiserweight match but that was like a legit wcw cruiserweight match just flying all over the place hitting crazy big spots and they didn't do like the big false finish 12 kickouts whatever that everyone does in every match now thank god they just had a finisher one finisher done let's move on it was like a six minute match it was, it was perfect and so like, for, for me having watched it every single week it was one of those slowly evolving things that really worked like, uh, back in December, I think it was, or November, Sammy Guevara started bringing signs out to the ring because of the picture-in-picture, picture, and he started to, like, like he'd have, like, promos essentially given by those little boards where he'd, like, I'm going to really hurt you, or something like that, and he'd reveal the next one, and then he'd just call, <laughs> then a random female celebrity would be like, hit me up. Right. <laughs> like, like, dot, 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 sister, hit me up. Right. <laughs> At Sammy Guevara on Twitter, YouTube, Sammy Guevara <laughs> had all of his information to hit him up, and like that was that was awesome. But then they used Darby Allen's skateboard, and they kind of slammed his neck down on the skateboard. So the story was Darby Allen was out of action and couldn't talk. So then he started using the boards to communicate. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's great! <laughs> like it's like they brought the boards in earlier on purpose to then lead into this, like. They probably didn't, but the fact that it flows so well, which is like my main comparison with WWE at the moment, is how well AEW flows from month to month compared to WWE's, I guess, comic book storytelling, where it's uh, like, I guess, it's, yeah, comparing comic books to graphic novels, where one is at the end of this storyline, we're just going to jump to the next thing and there won't be any flow at all compared to AEW where there's consequences for what happens. <laughs> so I like. I don't understand. I've gone nerdy with graphic novels. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I just, yeah. I just don't understand this consequences thing. Yeah, what's this? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean? If you lose, then you don't just jump to the next thing, or or is it with the uh, Romans? Like you don't. What do you mean? You don't just go out and go. I'm next. <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> well, that's the Charlotte effect. That <laughs> like, I'm. <laughs> Like she loses a match. I'm Charlotte Flair. I now challenge for this championship. I do him <laughs> in this championship match. <laughs> oh, that it, last year's WrestleMania main event is like uh... it's, it's great for me. I like for me it's great that it happened, but it's also even better that you, when you go back and watch it, it is so convoluted and makes so little sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so funny to follow. Uh, yeah, yes, and, <laughs> amazing. And Ronda and Ronda fucked up the ending, and then she's gone. So when we're, you know, we may never get actually Becky versus Ronda. We never, we may never get like resolution to her failed. Was it failed kick out or did she actually kick out? No, she she had her shoulder up, right? Yeah, it's one of those where she had the shoulder up, but the ref countered it. And in WWE, <laughs> it's a WWE rule which kind of comes to bite them, where they would prefer that they one hundred percent make the count, and if they don't kick out, it's the wrestler's fault. Was like, yep. WWE's rule? Whilst like, especially if I watch New Japan. Like if you've ever watched a New Japan match, like a Kenny Omega Okada, when you watch the referee, sometimes that third count is so slow because yep. they're not even going to risk it. <laughs> it's just like, like one, two, oh, he's kicked out. <laughs> Which is, uh, I guess speaking of Omega, mm. 
Oh yes, the tag match from AW Evolution. <laughs> yes, that was a transition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I spotted it was a transition. I'm getting good at this podcast thing. <laughs> so Just a little more practice. <laughs> so uh, I'm getting used to doing it by myself now. There's no one to bounce off. <laughs> it's oh, just me and my wall <laughs> of wrestling. <laughs> oh, me and my forky from Toy Story that my brother bought me. <laughs> That's all we've got. Uh, but yeah, so the third match of the night, which uh, has been a, a major comparison to NXT, where yes. they all have an amazing match, maybe third on the show, but then you kind of start to run out of energy by the end of it, especially... Like... And that's when you put the women's match on. Ah, yes. <laughs> Sorry, Ember. <laughs> Just, you know, in any reaction. Uh, it's really weird, like, looking back at, like, that era where it was, like, Ember Moon transitioning from Asuka to Shayna Baszler... It's a weird era where the women's matches weren't getting amazing reactions. But if you go back and watch the matches, they're bloody brilliant. But they got yeah. nothing because <laughs> they're normally after the insane tag match or the incredible championship match. So they were never, they never really got great reactions. Uh, and to be fair, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair came on after Finn and Johnny. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's still a problem. You know, they, mm. they both realize if you have like this epic 30 minute match with 12 finisher kickouts, like, the crowd's going to be kind of messed up for the next for the next match, so you need a shorter match or one that you're not quite as invested in. And the problem is, oftentimes they end up putting the women's match in that spot. It's like, really, come on, it's 2020. And it turns out AEW is no different. <laughs> the exact same <laughs> format popped up at Revolution, where we had an absolutely well for me. I'll see what you think in a second. But for me, it was an absolutely incredible tag team match. I have, I'd call it AEW's best match to this date. Of course, uh, like this is the, of recording by the next paper, I'll probably be saying it's one of those matches. But uh, for me, it's really comparable to a match I'd already seen of the Young Bucks versus the Golden Lovers of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi <laughs> versus the Young Bucks, which is one of my favourite matches I've ever seen, where it's another <laughs> match where there's tension and they're not really clicking together and they go for hell for leather at each other, give it all they've got in this match where... There's a potential split maybe could happen if this match goes the wrong way and it's constantly dancing the line. This was no different. It was constantly dancing that line. And Hangman Page, like the actual award of the night for Hangman, where it's so the I love the idea that he of all the different, I guess, dynamics that were at play. So this is what the months of build gives you. It gives you three it gives you four different relationships between all of the people involved. You've got Hangman Page who's looking to like retain his championship and prove to them that like he shouldn't be held down or whatever. He's not just a jobber from Ring yeah. of Honor. Yeah. Oh, the phrase Matt Jackson said. <laughs> then you had Matt Jackson who was pissed at Hangman. He'd had enough. You have Nick Jackson who's kind of pissed, but he's still he's reining Matt Jackson back in. Like he's not as pissed as Matt Jackson. So when Hangman spits in Matt Jackson's face, he absolutely loses it whilst Nick Jackson takes it. <laughs> he's the one who reigns Matt Jackson back in. Kenny Omega, he's fe- he wants to be friends with both of them. He's caught in the middle, really, where he doesn't want to go mental at the Young Bucks. He only really, truly kicks into gear in this match when the Young Bucks have been acting like a couple of dicks <laughs> for a little <laughs> while. <laughs> That's when Kenny Omega goes in. But the immediate turning point was, like, if you didn't know this, didn't know this, there was a point where... The Young Bucks did the Golden Lovers finisher on Kenny Omega yep. in this match. That double V-trigger, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's called the Kamigoye. So they did that, 
And that's when Kenny Omega started to go a little bit like, oh, you've <laughs> crossed the dickhead line here. <laughs> Whilst Hangman was willing to put them through a table and Kenny Omega stopped them like early on in the match. Uh, and it's like, oh, it's the dynamics at play. And for me, the best thing was they gave it time so you could see all of those like confrontations and all those dynamics. You got to see them all slowly play out. And it, it worked so damn well. Uh, for me, a... An absolutely amazing championship match, which fulfilled everything that the three months had been setting up. And it used those three months to kind of flesh out the story in the match as well. Yeah, bloody love the thing. Yeah, it was a great match. I, It's another one of those matches where you have like 400 finishers and nobody can pin anyone. And apparently the one-winged angel, if it's not delivered by Kenny Omega, can be kicked out of. And, oh, that's, oh, that's the know. wrestling rule. <laughs> it's not your finisher. <laughs> The double V trigger can be kicked out of and like all this. There's too many kickouts, but like if that's the only match on the card that does that, it's really exciting and fun. The problem is it's basically never the only match. Um, so that's the problem. But it was really exciting. It was really fun. Uh, I, I've only seen the Young Bucks wrestle like five times. They're great. Uh, oh, man. Oh, no, we've lost Burn again. He'll be back in a second. Having his midpoint, I'm stalling as he's midpoint. I think I rolled over yes. my my headphone jack. Oh, you numped it. <laughs> yeah. So young bucks, I've only seen like five matches of theirs ever, but they're great. Kenny Omega is one of the best wrestlers in the world, so obviously this match was going to be great. Um, but you just it's just too much sometimes. <laughs> like it's oh Canadian destroyer into super kicks into Melter driver on the outside into. Larry, it got, it's like, oh my god, just give me a second to breathe. Give me a second. <laughs> but it had it, a lot of story too, and it, you know, hmm. this is their WrestleMania, right? So it's paying off, you know, months and months of storylines. It was a great match. It was, you know, NXT quality, which is, I don't know if that's insulting. It's not. I'm not trying to be insulting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to say it's an amazing match because NXT Takeover just has great match after great match, and not every match on this card was NXT Takeover quality, but this was one of them for sure. Like. For me, there's so many comparables, like, especially when assessing this match between this and NXT takeovers, where there'll be bonkers amount of stuff going on, but then it doesn't end. And I especially get that from Adam Cole main events, it seems, <laughs> <laughs> where they just don't end and it's finish a kick out, finish a kick out, finish a kick out. I like that people are realizing that when they were like, that's the Gargano formula. He just just finish your kick out after finish your kick out. And then it's like, was it Gargano or was it actually always Cole? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause now he did it with Champa. Gargano had nothing yeah. to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> and I bloody loved Finn versus Gargano. <laughs> I thought it was great. Main event. I had nothing for, but it was really late at that point and I've not gone back to rewatch it. So I don't know if I give it a fair assessment, but uh, before, before we, before we continue, I, I just want to say one thing about the AEW versus NXT, like ratings battle, oh, right? Yes, There's yes. a bunch of wrestling Twitter people that are always like, here are the ratings for both shows. AEW wins again. It's like, you're bragging about beating WWE's developmental program. <laughs> That's what you're going to fucking brag about. Like you have John Moxley and Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega, and you're bragging about having a hundred thousand more viewers than Adam Cole. Come on. Like, NXT has Finn Balor and a bunch of guys nobody's ever heard of, and you beat them by, like, 10%. Cool. You should keep bragging. Like, for me, it's a mild interest, and I, like, the people I follow, maybe I cure it by feed pretty well. The people I follow, they all, 
there's people who do tweet them. They'll tweet the numbers with zero comment. <laughs> so they just tweet the number. <laughs> like, these are the ratings. Cool, with no comment. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, take what you will from it. I, I don't find it to be useful information at all. Like, watch what you want to watch. Who cares how many people were watching other than you? Like, <laughs> just watch what you want to watch. They're not comparable products. They're both wrestling, but so what? It's like watching college football versus the NFL and being like, oh, the NFL beat them in ratings again. It's like, yeah, they're the pros. They're supposed to win. Because <laughs> that's why, like, the the other argument I've seen is people are like, oh, you're meant to be comparing it to Monday Night Raw with their ratings. Like, really? The thing that's been a staple on television for how many decades? <laughs> with, like, After five the... times the budget? Yeah, it's also yeah. not fair. Yeah, after... A WWF had been a name that had been a staple in American mainstream for how many decades beforehand? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's I think I'm saying that it's not even comparable for like a startup promotion. Like for me, where AWR at now in terms of like the numbers measurement of success is incredible, given like how short a time they've done it in. Like the uh, the ticket sales, like. That's another thing I see quite often is there people complaining or not complaining, people bringing up like, oh, if WWE didn't sell out that side with the uh, that side that's not on the which the camera is set up on, which you don't see, right. like oh, if they didn't sell that out, you'd be going mental for WWE. And I'm like, well, yeah, because for years they did sell out that section, and then suddenly right. they weren't compared to <laughs> AEW, where the big thing as well is it, it took me a minute of research and I found out. That when you go to order tickets for an AW event, on the, I guess, the stadium view you've got, we can choose what seats you want to choose from. That area is reserved for production. You cannot purchase, until like the final week of the show, you cannot purchase any tickets. So I saw quite a few people would tweet out, like, oh, they've not sold any tickets in that section. Yes, it says reserved for production. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. It's greyed out. <laughs> so it's a... Uh, it seems like it's a weird misunderstanding of, especially WWE as well, where they are like a touring company. AEW has television and pay-per-view. There isn't any touring. They are always doing TV production or whatever. So yeah. it's like it's like one is a TV show and one is a touring brand in WWE. Like There's so many different things which makes them not really comparable. The only similarity is the quality of the show you are watching. And for right. me, <laughs> the quality of AW since they've hit 2020, because I would say, like, especially as somebody who is now like really in on AW, I would say those first two months, two, three months maybe, AE, uh, NXT was the better show every week. Like They were incredible, especially like they were starting to put over Lee and Dijakovic. Like, let's just kick off the Finn show with those down. two. Yeah, like Finn came down, he was exciting. <laughs> he had Champa returning and really getting... <laughs> Walter showing up randomly. Yeah, like those shows were so exciting, and easily for me, they were the best show every single week. Now in 2020, the issue is NXT are that same show. AEW yeah. improved, and they are improved and every single week. I'm going, oh wait, no, that was their best show. Oh wait, no, there, this week was their best show. Oh no, it wasn't last week. It was this. This week was even better. Like NXT, they've got a fantastic ceiling which they've hit. They've got a fantastic like bar of quality. But they don't really. The good. The good news is they don't really go down from that bar, but they don't really go up either. And AEW is consistently improving. So yeah, I've, I mean, it's hard to go up yeah. from where NXT has been. To be fair, yeah. like NXT is an yeah. A. Like NXT's worst regular show is like a B, <laughs> and it almost yeah. is never the case. That it's a B. It's always an A, and their takeovers are always an A plus. There's never been a takeover in like five years that's been anything other than an A plus. Always phenomenal. AEW's been great. 
Um, I'm going to make one unfair complaint about AEW. <laughs> Well, their music that? is so bad oh i've seen that quite a lot yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad other than like cody kenny and jericho like all that stuff is like mm. garage band like yeah. <laughs> who who built that it's, it's like rock band ipad garbage <laughs> i'm trying to think who is good aside from them but yeah uh, darby allen although did you already say darby allen uh, i didn't it, but it, i i don't i don't remember his music Oh, it's it can't. Be, it's one of those that fits his character so damn well that I can't really. <laughs> it's, but I mean, you compare yeah. it to WWE, who just has like a full time composer or two composers. Oh, I mean, it's not fair, mm. but it matters. Yeah, especially when it adds to the character so much. Um, right. Like New Japan as well, they absolutely nail most of their themes. Like it really does add a lot to the characters, which has been like for me even more apparent since CFO Dollar Sign, whatever they're actually called, <laughs> since they left. The quality of NXT themes has gone right down the crapper. Like I was yeah, generally I... like when um oh what's his NXT is he called Shane Strickland in NXT? Oh what's his definitely Swerve. not. No Isaiah oh, Swerve. Swerve. Sc- yeah Isaiah Swerve Scott. That's it. Me and my nerdy couldn't remember his NXT name. I was like what? <laughs> I knew what it's called on the Indies. <laughs> so yeah, he had an absolute banger of a theme, and he came out for a match against uh, another the big lad who can he does the splash from the top. Oh, oh! He's from New... No, he's from New Zealand. Oh, I've forgot his name. Is is now now on his Titan Tron? It says thick with two C's, <laughs> but I can't oh, remember. God. Can't remember what his name is. That's really I'm not gonna. Titan. I'm not gonna Google NXT thick. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> just pictures of Bailey. He's like, no, I'm looking I, have a, bloody... <laughs> I have enough Keith Lee in my life. <laughs> no, there, there'll be a, a battle on NXT of who's the real thick daddy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <God. some> <laughs> I can't. But yes, the quality guy. has definitely gone down. Austin yeah. Theory, who should be a big deal, his in the future, like his music sounds like it's something out of. 2k20 when you're making a creator wrestler like the themes are just other than like keith lee there hasn't been a good theme in a year since yeah. cfo dollar sign whatever hashtag blessed left <laughs> hashtag blessed <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that, that's been my, my feeling as well so that yeah since they've left it's been a clear decline uh, it's not but they're even... still better than aews because aews are fine I guess they get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could say at least they at least they fit the presentation and they don't. They're not jarringly bad as they they're just not memorable at all. <laughs> Most of them, which yeah, yeah. true story. Mm. Uh, so low low point of AEW Revolution. Probably thinking the same thing here. So go ahead. Well, it depends. Depends if you were aired by the opener or if the match after the tag match really kind of was like. Mm. <laughs> so, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a good match to start with, and then it had to follow that. Like, so they didn't yeah. set it up for success, and then obviously, how the hell do you follow that? And they don't really have any chemistry. We're talking about uh, Nyla Rose and Chris Statlander, both both good wrestlers. Just like it looked like it was their first match, and they didn't really know each other, and so it just it wasn't good. And it had to follow something that was amazing, and that just made it look even worse. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was one of those where they were really struggling to start with. It was quite sloppy. Then by then towards the end of the match, they somehow started to win the crowd over, but. Then they had like a couple more botches, and then it ended with Nyla having to readjust uh, where they couldn't quite <laughs> sit up for the powerbomb from the corner. 
And then she eventually just got her up enough and slam! <laughs> there she goes. I, I love so. when that happens. We'll, we'll call that the Nia Jax. <laughs> oh, where that'll do, I'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> where, where they look like they're supposed to be really strong and then they fail like the strength spot. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Which like, I personally think Nine of Rose is a really good cornerstone for to build the division around. Uh, yeah. I am using uh, TNA as my example, where they did that with Awesome Kong. Like, yeah, have the big monster heel hold the championship and then he can build up a true baby face. Spend time doing it as well. It'll make Nyla feel more dominant and as a bigger monster when she does get defeated. And it'll yep. be a massive mass for the baby face who does eventually win. TNA, it was Gail Kim. Like, it, it does work. But, uh, yeah, matches like these, it's kind of like a bit of a rocky start. And then AEW this week, they didn't have... They had a, I guess, jobber match for Big Swole. And, like, she won. It was fine. <laughs> And it was, just, it was just a jobber match. And I saw a few people complaining. Uh, she hasn't got great strikes. Weirdly, her finisher is a strike, but it looks good. <laughs> it's an odd one. <laughs> so she can do it. I think that shows clear sign of potential where it will eventually not be an issue. Just like for now, I feel like the fact that she isn't number one contender might be the right spot for her while she's going out and still doing stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know wrestling though. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is like the this is like the one dark spot in AEW right now is the women's division. And yeah. I don't know if that's because WWE just like snatched up every good independent women wrestler, or if AEW hasn't focused on it, or if it's just taking some time. There's no Kenny Omega to just bring in like there yeah. was when you start AEW, right? Like they have to build them from scratch. I don't know what the solution is. All I know is that right now the women's division is really weak and when you compare it to NXT or even Raw and SmackDown, you know, Becky and Charlotte and Asuka and Shayna, you know, like there's a list 15 women long that are oh, all yeah. better and more interesting and more developed than anyone in AEW. I think uh, so. Sam has started more comparing them to what NXT was like when that started, and they started pushing the women uh, because a WWE have had so many years like, fight, like figuring out how to actually portray the women in the modern day, and they <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> they nailed it to finally. The yeah, like NXT's bloody nailing it. Whilst Raw and SmackDown d- depends on the week. <laughs> to be fair. fair, but but they have made stars of them, and the rosters are like damn stacked like you look at nxt it's insane how stacked the women's roster is but yeah and it has a consequence for aw obviously like so i feel like it's a mixture of all those things especially the it will take time to establish because i look at nxt it took time to establish there like it wasn't an overnight success it was slowly over the course of time then you have a really good match in i would say page versus natalia or charlotte natalia one of those. Charlotte Natalia. Yeah. Oh, Charlotte Natalia, Paige versus Emma. Finally figured, yeah, that was it. Hey, yeah. All, all you had to do was find a 21-year-old superstar that had wrestling in her blood to build around, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, those, are, those are sold on every street corner. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, WWE did it, but obviously it wasn't like an immediate success. It took time to build, and then word of mouth from those matches eventually spilled over, and NXT started to feature them more and more and more. It was years. I think it was two or three years until they main-evented a takeover, uh, the Iron, Ma- Iron Woman match between Sasha Banks and Bayley. I want to say it was two or three years since NXT started when it finally happened. Yeah, uh, it was like yeah you, you had Beck, or you had like Paige and Emma and then when they got called mm. up there was kind of like another lull while the four horse kind of ah, built yes. themselves up. Bubbles Emma. 
<laughs> it's so oh, weird. Oh, to bubbles ever. <laughs> bubbles ever. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to think how over that was in NXT, then onto the main roster. They put her with Santina Morella, and oh god, immediate death. <laughs> just no. It's crazy uh, to me that AEW didn't just hand a sack of money over to Emma. Yeah, she's well. She's working on the. In- she's doing a lot of work on the indies. I know she does uh, Impact as well. Uh, there. Well, to be fair, the Impact Knockouts division is really strong. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if part of the appeal for the women there is they can become the champion. Intergender wrestling has been really accepted by Impact. That's one of their kind of niche <laughs> things now. Uh, which personally, I'm all for. Apart from obviously the news that broke the weekend <laughs> of their crowning. Apart <laughs> from this one specific one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Like, like everybody on that roster, like to be fair, like Tessa Blanchard is incredibly talented. It's just, yeah, w- what was revealed is very, very difficult to get behind her as the face of the company now, because <laughs> what they're doing it anyway, it's an odd one. You know, like Jordan Grace, I really rate. Uh, Tennille Dashwood, the former Emma, like I can never, I don't know how to spell her new name. It's a nightmare when I have to talk about her in a column. <laughs> it's like, how the hell do you spell Tennille? <laughs> There's nothing to me. <laughs> uh, we have, like, uh, obviously, she's really good. Uh, I've already said Jordan Grace. Uh, Taya Valkyrie, she's also am- like, amazing as well. Uh, people just assumed she'd be going to uh, WWE with her husband, John Morrison, but she didn't. Uh, <laughs> That's probably for the best. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux did. She's <laughs> over in uh, NXT with Killer Cross. Who, Killer Cross is in- incredible. He's one of those guys where... Uh, you know what? The indies often get crapped on for being like all these spot-fest tiny people doing indie shows whilst <laughs> like... Because I remember people talking about that, and I was just sat here going, the other day I was just watching Keith Lee versus Walter. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> these, these indie guys are massive. <laughs> They're huge. Uh, slight tangent, but yeah, the women's division in AW is clearly a weak point. And it's one of those where everybody seems to be in unison about it, that it's it's one of those where it's going to take time to develop it, and it's not working now. I think it's a main clear thing, like especially compared to how well... They're nailing so much else on the show. Yeah, it does stick out. <laughs> Tag division, AEW World Championship, both those are phenomenal, and you know they're trying with the women. Yeah. It's you know Statlander has a ton of potential, Nyla Rose has a ton of potential. You know they have some of the Japanese wrestlers that are really good and really interesting. It's just a little harder for them to connect to the crowd, but you know t- didn't stop Oscar so. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> right, and I guess we could use this as a bit of a transition. I don't know if I'm forgetting a match, but I'm just going to move on to this next one. The contentious one, where some people absolutely love it and some people just don't get it and others think, oh, it's fine. Uh, Orange Cassidy. Oh, not MJF versus Cody? Oh, bloody hell, I knew I'd forgotten one. We could talk about that <laughs> after this one. <laughs> I, I thought the intro was for that one, so... Ah, no. We can talk about that one after because that's had like a massive story building into it. Uh, But yes, Orange Cassidy. I wouldn't call him Marmite because there's multiple views on the lad. (laughs) But uh, I am. So I'm interested to see what Burn makes of Orange Cassidy, especially as he (laughs) wouldn't have seen him uh, like slowly getting more and more over to an incredible degree on uh, AEW Dynamite. Like after, after Hangman Page, after Darby Allin. I would say that Orange Cassidy is their next, like, biggest... Uh, he's the guy who gets the biggest reactions every single week in terms of uh, somebody new. So, first, yeah. of all, first of all, rude John Moxley. Uh, somebody new. <laughs> the crowd don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, that, everyone... He's got the, uh, like, he's got the Moxley vibe about him. Everybody knows who he is. <laughs> for his past work. 
But yeah, so like Paige is relatively new uh, to the main audience. So is Darby Allin and Orange Cassidy is like in that list as well. Like the reactions, you point, you heard the pop when he watched Revolution when he came out. <laughs> they were going crazy for him. Um, I know uh, one thing that kind of helped with the kind of pushing of it was I forgot his bloody name, Chris. Is it Chris Delaria? Chris Delia? Area? Oh, the guy from Whitney. What's his bloody name? Chris. Is it that? You're just saying words. Are you having a stroke? Should we call someone for you? Chris Elia. It's got an apostrophe. (laughs) uh, He's a stand-up comedian just acting as well. He was in the comedy, I think it was called Whitney. And uh, one I watched called Undateable, which I bloody loved. NBC never cared for Undateable. They gave it um, like an immediate pity move to Friday nights. Like, immediately. (laughs) uh... He got firefly yeah, he got Fireflyed, but it was a sitcom with Ron Funches. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, one of my favourite sitcoms. That anyway, a massive tangent there. Anyway, he tweeted about Orange Cassidy after an AW show. He's like, I have no idea what this guy is, but he's now my favourite thing. <laughs> and it, did, it got like obviously thousands of tweets because he's a like TV actor and whatnot. Uh, that kind of helped, kind of push the popularity of Orange Cassidy a little bit. And he's been mega, mega over. And his match with Pack, like. Uh, the, the way I was kind of talking about it in the Aftershock show was he's figured out how to get the, the loudest reaction for the least amount of bumps and actual <laughs> wrestling. It's <laughs> his literal character. Yeah, like, he has figured wrestling out. <laughs> like, that is the dream. <laughs> do, do nothing and get the biggest reaction. <laughs> like, all he has to do is put his hands in his pockets and fall on his back maybe once and the crowd are going mental like even if he just if he just does a move like it's like it's the greatest thing ever <laughs> like, it's incredible to watch um so I, I obviously have a little bit of a different view because i was a, a big fan of orange cassidy before aw uh, highly recommend you check out his uh, wrestlemania weekend show from last year called orange cassidy's show or whatever <laughs> it was, uh, I, it's, it's one of those which might be a bit more interesting to go back and watch now that he's had this big surge of popularity yes it's like a big actor who like breaks out with a you know marvel movie or whatever and then you go and watch their like six indie movies and you're like oh they were good before that yeah <laughs> so he's doing the same thing on the indies but like indie crowd is a lot like nxt where you don't really know how it would do on the mainstream because it might be, <laughs> people might just go oh this is a bit silly uh, but he was gaining a lot of traction on the indies. Like he was really pop, he was really really popular. Uh, the shirt that he had, like that was that became really famous on the indie scene, where his shirt was a picture of him wearing his shirt. <laughs> that, oh my god, <laughs> it's genius! <laughs> and it's like no effort. The other one I saw was, um, it's like look at look at my new shirt, and it was the Windows folder link of like of like C documents. New images. <laughs> <laughs> it just went along like that, and that was his t-shirt design. <laughs> Meme-tastic. Like yeah, Orange Cassidy's fantastic meme. But what was your reaction to Orange Cassidy at Revolution? <clears throat> so, like you said, and like I've said a couple of times, I don't watch the, the weekly show, so I don't know his evolution. I've seen a couple little gifs and clips of him with, like, the bunny and doing Statlander, like, doing weird, like, <laughs> nose boops and, like, oh, I'm going to stop your hands. Oh, I'm stopping your hands. And I'm like, this is funny. It's it's cool. You know, it's it's a nice change of pace from, you know, everything else. And then I had heard that he was secretly a very good wrestler. <laughs> and the whole thing with him not wrestling is actually part of the appeal because you know he can go. 
And we all know Pac can go. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. So I didn't know what to expect exactly from the match. And what we got was Orange Cassidy basically not wrestling most <laughs> of the time. Yeah. But the things he can do while not wrestling are better than most of the things most people can do while trying to wrestle, which is, again, part of the amazing appeal of the guy. Him slowly rolling through the ring, just <laughs> pissing Pac off. Just great. Hilarious. And then when he decides to go and starts hitting, like, Tornado DDT, Superman Punch, like, crazy stuff off the top rope, you're like, okay, I get the appeal. Like, the dude's cool. He doesn't care. He's a slacker. Like, he appeals to a whole a whole bunch of generations. And then... The fact that he can actually turn it on and, you know, whip some ass is also phenomenal. So it was a very good match. It was the right duration. It was the right place on the card. It was the right opponent. The right guy won. You know, you can't have him beat Pac. Come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he didn't need to. He just needed mm. to show up and show that he was awesome. That dude is – that dude – I'm not going to say he's the future, but he is a huge corner piece of that show for sure. He was great. Like coming out of that show, like looking at AW for like the long term future, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allin, and uh, Orange Cassidy all really stood out as like stars for the future. And Page. Oh yes, of course, Hamman Page. I keep, <laughs> I keep forgetting. <laughs> also forget that how young Hamman Page is as well. Like he's mid twenties, I want to say. So he's got a, or, or he might be my age. Uh, to be fair, I'm only twenty seven, so that's not much further than <laughs> mid twenties. No, you're ancient. He's young. Yeah, oh, oh, that's the... Well, especially in sports. <laughs> <laughs> like, you watch the sports commentators, you know, like, the difference for how, in how they talk about a 25-year-old, 27-year-old. It's like, 27, oh, he's got to start thinking about his retirement now. Hangman <laughs> like, is 28. Basically uh, in a nursing home. <laughs> well, he's, Literally he's in his athletic prime. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sports is weird. <laughs> the way they treat it. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, it yeah, so I already came out with uh, seeing like those guys. I'll include Hamman because I keep probably forgetting to include him. I see them as like the future for the promotion in so, like for the sure. best way, and the fact that they're building up really slowly. And for me, it's the like the best, I guess, counter to uh, a lot of people say. Well, I say a lot of people. You see the arguments of uh, reasons why they don't like AEW. Uh, I'm fine with someone not liking it. It's that when you say. It's when you, uh, what you say is false. That's when sometimes I'm a bit like, hmm. Like, if you watched it, it wasn't for you. That's fine. It's entertainment. Like, it's the, if it wasn't for you, it wasn't for you. You can watch. Watch what you like is uh, one of the things that uh, I... Uh, especially with wrestling, where if you don't like it, don't force yourself to watch it. Unless you're in wrestling <laughs> media. Sure. Unless you're me or Sean Ross Sapp. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the show's it. in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I love, and my favourite thing about Side of everything is right side of the pond and myself uh, we all kind of covered the show uh, they did their like immediate live show but I covered it in a different way and like immediately all of us went I'm not covering that shit again <laughs> just no <laughs> man I had the timing I had the timing when you said all of us covered it and I was going to say in pig's blood <laughs> oh ooh, that's, get, getting in there with the <laughs> <laughs> We're past the one-hour watershed, or the dark jokes come out. <laughs> Sorry, YouTube. <laughs> We've already sworn so much; it might be the end of it anyway. Oh <laughs> yeah, I mean AEW. I feel like AEW has more variety in their storytelling than WWE or even NXT. Like NXT does like three stories, and they do them really well, and they have like three divisions, and they're built really well. But 
AEW because of their Southern roots and their WCW roots and then their WWE roots with Jericho and Moxley. Like they're just bringing in so many things and so many different types of stories and they have the story matches and the spot matches and, you know, I don't know. They just, they feel like they have a lot more variety. And when I watched Revolution, it felt like there were like six legitimately very different matches and very different stories happening. Whereas when you watch WWE, it's like, there's like the one weird story match with like Bray or whatever. And there's like the one legend that returned and then every other match is the same. It's just like, I want your championship or you insulted my wife or whatever. Oh, the <laughs> Vusev versus Bobby Lashley feud. Oh my God. Oh, you've been <laughs> kill me. Kill me. <laughs> no, is that I over? Was... I think it's over because Rusev, <laughs> Rusev hasn't. Well, the rumors coming out is that Rusev hasn't signed a new contract, so he's not on television. If he's on television, he's losing, so they can't really forward the storyline because they can't really build hype for him because he's not signing the new contract. That so, dude has gotten himself over three different times, and they yeah. just won't let him run with it. Yeah, it's really weird. <laughs> like, it's, that's the so I'm going to talk about WWE and AEW and like going with the crowd and not crapping on the crowd like just the featuring of the wrestling media on the show and treating them as media rather than like uh, the weird thing WWE are doing where they're seemingly giving out the misinformation and the, if, if you listen to Corey Graves podcast which I don't oh God. No. <laughs> no no but he he quite often will it, like continue that message that like, after. Uh, after Crown Jewel, the last Saudi Arabia show, where there was the flight issues, and that somehow turned into Seth Rollins crapping on Dave Meltzer for a Team Talk report. <laughs> it's, it's just like, AEW is a fantastic example of why are you doing that? I don't understand why you are attacking the wrestling media where they are your fans, essentially, and they promote to even more fans. It's a weird one. I don't just, It's like going after Giffers on Twitter. Like, why? They are promoting your show. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> like, I understand setting out rules like don't give away finishers if you don't want to. That is, I'm fine with that, but full-on taking down Mr. Lariato. Oh, the the hate. <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> ah. anyway, that's, a ma- that's a massive tangent that was going down. Uh, one final thing for AEW. Well, say uh, final two- thing. Two final things. Uh, Cody MJF. So this is another one which had a fantastic build over the course of the months. Uh, It was incredible to look at all of these matches. And I'm saying for the top three in particular in the tag match, uh, Cody, MJF and the title match, all three had fantastic builds over the course of the three months that had you really excited to watch the pay-per-view. It's one of those where it's been built so damn well and you've had enough time to flesh it out and you've got the ups and the downs for the journeys for everybody in there. And by the time you reach the match, it's like, finally, we're here. And you're excited and pumped for it. Again, Elimination Chambers this Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> what is this what show? What do you do? <laughs> I have the card up on, on Wikipedia. I have the card up. And I'm like, I don't care about any of these. Except Alistair Black versus AJ Styles would be amazing if I thought they were actually going to have a match. And it wasn't just going to be like the OC jumps him and it ends in 30 seconds. I mean, they did that on Raw this week already. They, <laughs> oh, so that definitely means they're doing it on the pay-per-view. As in, the build for this match on pay-per-view <laughs> was this week, they announced the match for Raw, then AJ Styles like, oh, you didn't read the contract, Alistair Black, to get to me, you've got to get through Carl Anderson. <laughs> My buddies. Then he beats Carl Anderson. It's like, oh, you didn't read the contract, did you? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, you First of all, I don't believe AJ Styles outsmarted anyone. Also, I love AJ Styles, but 
oh my god, that guy. <laughs> that guy that guy has never read a contract either. <laughs> southern people are smart, but <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> they are I'm not too. saying it's a southern thing, I'm saying it's an AJ Styles thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the like my favorite thing about that as well is why are you doing a you didn't read the contract did you storyline with Alistair Black? <laughs> like why? <laughs> the only contract I've ever read was for my soul. <laughs> like it's it's like there's WWE tropes, but when there's characters that you have to be creative and don't really fit into those tropes, they do the tropes anyway. Like the fiend pointing at the WrestleMania sign. <laughs> yeah, cough cough Bray Wyatt. <laughs> They've even had a... Uh, I don't know if you were watching, but the Bray Wyatt, when they announced it, it's like The Fiend and Daniel Bryan in a contract signing. Yeah. And I, I was just like, oh, the, the, like, they can't avoid the tropes even for that. the thing that. is, if that, was, if that was just Bray, if they were like Bray and Daniel Bryan, it's like, okay, that's mm. funny because we understand that there's this dynamic between Bray and The Fiend and Bray is like the Mr. Rogers come out and do the normal wrestling goofy stuff and The Fiend is like the weird one that shouldn't be following any tropes whatsoever. You can't do that stuff with The Fiend! Yeah. Let Bray Wyatt do that. And my favourite thing was in uh, uh, the way they made it creepy was he stabbed his hand with the pen and then signed it in his own blood. And then immediately NXT did that thing, but better. <laughs> but <laughs> better. Chompa. Yeah. <laughs> Same idea. Showed you how to do it. <laughs> it's just, uh... So back to AEW and speaking yes. of blood. Yes. MJF versus Cody. Uh, up on Twitter during the match, there were people taking bets for how quickly would Cody blade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, nobody won because MJF was the one who bladed. <laughs> just oh. completely, or just completely throw it off. So this did divide people, as you can tell uh, by Burn assuming I was plugging this match for this one. <laughs> uh, so uh, it divided people because... I think people were expecting a bloody classic when it felt more like the first match that held back a fair bit while still having a bit of blood. And uh, it's, it's an odd one. People were expecting lots of shenanigans because going in, they were aware MJF isn't the incredible, uh, incredible main event wrestler that he seemingly one day will be. <laughs> he's not there yet because he's still relatively young. He's only been in wrestling for like two years. Like, yeah, he's green. Yeah, so to be at the level he is at now tells you his potential, which is it's, it is incredible that yeah, two years and he's at this level. That's yeah, you skipped him in your tent poles of AEW, but he is in that oh, did, yeah. for sure. Of course, he's with Hang- he's with Hangman in the guys who are already really high, so they're going to be like then immediately on the list. But he, this match didn't really mask it that well, and I thought it was a little bit slow and bought and a tad bit boring and they had a few comedy spots in there which did live them up liven up the match a little bit but uh, obviously the all the build to it on television was extremely serious kind of blood feud storytelling like yep. the all the trials for cody to jump through like all of the reasons the, the that mjf turned yeah. on him yeah like it was it was incredible television and like, it got you really hyped for the pay-per-view and I feel like this was the only match on the entire show where it had that incredible build and the match itself just didn't quite, well, match it. It, it wasn't quite to the level that they built it up to be, which is an odd one, but with the character of MJF, it also makes sense to hold it, hold that off a little bit as well, as in, you don't, you are, you are happy, it's, you don't like him because you also didn't get to see him truly excel and feel like that amazing main event guy. Uh, it worked in that essence, but it's not like, I guess, I'll, I'll, I'll compare Ric Flair. But Ric Flair in his heyday, 
He was he absolutely he bloody managed that being an absolute dick kind of <laughs> thing of being the champion. But he was at that level in terms of wrestling as well. Whilst MJF has got absolutely everything apart from the ability to go for that amazing match. Which, to be fair, the guys in, in, in the ring with in Cody Rhodes, he had the exact same thing in WWE, yep. where it was years until he reached that level. And it wasn't until he left WWE where you really saw how much he had improved. Because, of course, he was kind of held back by crappy gimmicks, constantly changed at an incredible rate. Uh, Dashing Cody Rhodes was phenomenal. As, to be fair, Dashing Cody, <laughs> Dashing Cody Rhodes, amazing. Undashing Cody Rhodes, amazing. Uh. Yeah, Mask Cody was like my favorite Cody. Uh, his feud of Mysterio was f- so good. <laughs> we had the two guys coming out with the paper bags to <laughs> over the crowd, people in the crowd. Yes, yeah, so good. <laughs> oh, such a like he got that over, and and he got uh, Mustachio as well. Mustache Cody Rhodes, he got over his that's, gimmick. That's with... the thing with Cody; he kept getting these terrible gimmicks, and he just made magic out of them. That's yeah. part of why I have faith in AEW. Mm. Uh, this match. I, I talked about AEW having WCW DNA, and this is mm. kind of the negative side of that WCW DNA, where you have old people that should not be involved in the finish of matches being important to the finish of matches. Mm. Arn, sorry. <laughs> you're you're great. You're a legend. You shouldn't be anywhere near ringside anymore. I'm sorry. You just shouldn't be. <laughs> like, I don't understand why Cody needs Arn Anderson. I don't understand why... <sighs> I wanted to say I don't understand why Cody brings Brandy. I get it. They love each other. She's a big part of the company. At the same time, I it just it invites too much opportunity for these nonsense finishes. And I think it's like you can have a dusty finish, you can have chaos, but it can't be with Arn Anderson and Brandy. Like it's got to be with the elite. It's got to be with Bullet Club. It's got to be with you know the other wrestlers when it's you know. Triple H versus Sting and a bunch of geriatrics run out and cause chaos. <laughs> like, it's memorable, but it's not good. And that was the problem with the match. Like, the feud was great. And in the end, you know, you gave MJF the win and it was an interesting finish, I guess. But, like, there's just so much chaos and people that shouldn't have been involved in the match to start with that it detracted from it, honestly. Like, this is a blood feud between these two guys. They hate each other. And then, like, a third of the story is, like, Arn chasing Wardlow around and Brandy getting almost hit and you know it just it didn't have enough to do with with those two yeah a, a, a lot of the shenanigans at ringside I think really did lead into because I was expecting shenanigans but I don't think I was expecting them to be so kind of vital for the rhythm of the match where it's kind of constantly intercutting between super serious blood food in the ring and oh whoopsie doopsie <laughs> inside <laughs> It's a it's an odd one, really. It kind of did take away from the match for me. Uh, it's in terms of it's one of those where the match itself I thought was fine, and it, it doesn't help, of course, that the bar for the rest of the show, especially those main matches, was so high that this really did kind of fall below a bit. It's one of those where once Dynamite was airing, it works like, like everything that had happened worked. It's it's that for me that is. Like in terms of the measuring them up to WWE in terms of like pros and cons, in terms of a major pro, after the pay per view it flowed incredibly well, uh, and the direction they've gone in is fantastic. I don't know if you've seen anything from Dynamite last night, but uh, Cody going out there to talk about losing to MJF and Jake the Snake Roberts comes uh, out and I, it's I saw a amazing. clip of Jake the Snake, yeah. 
his promo was incredible. <laughs> it was so damn good. Like the final line of uh, uh, someone uh, told me, gave some great. Uh, someone always told me that if you don't respect somebody, you turn your cold shoulder and you walk away. And then he just turned his back, chucked the microphone <laughs> over his head and walked out of the ring. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do appreciate it. And there's some more of that WCW DNA or uh, that yeah. old school DNA. You know, you have Diamond Dallas Page and Arn Anderson working backstage. With, I mean, just the knowledge that these guys have. And you mm. don't put them in charge of the product, but you listen to their ideas. It's exactly how you use them, and that's exactly yeah. how they're being used. And Dean Malenko, even more <laughs> WCW names backstage on this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's um, it, for, yeah, for me, in terms of like, yeah, flowing past the pay per views, like, even if the match is fine. Like it's not incredible. What is it like on Dynamite with the consequences of what happens? Consequences? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and like, the thing is, like, the rest of the feud was great, right? Like the cage match with Cody and Wardlow was great. The lashings with MJF was great. The stipulation about Cody not getting a championship was great. The fact that this match was just okay, like it, it sucks that it's not like the peak best match ever and like a great way to end the feud but you know it wasn't trash it doesn't detract from the overall feud if you look at it over the three month span that it ran it's really good the story is really good it just didn't end on a super high note it's like a really good show that has a a mediocre ending as opposed to being phenomenal Hmm. and now we get to the main event of aw revolution uh, Chris Jericho of the Inner Circle with his 180-something day reign defending <laughs> against John Moxley. Les Champions, uh, both guys with the pay-per-view entrance. For John Moxley, that means you see him walk into the stadium. <laughs> it's, just like, it's the same entrance, just with he walks through the door of the stadium rather than the entrance the <laughs> arena. Man, <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what arena they were in, but the fact that they he could walk from completely outside to the to the center of the arena in like thirty seconds was really impressive. Like that's some <laughs> phenomenal design, guys. <laughs> and the other thing as well was Chris Jericho's entrance, which I can't tell you how many times I've rewatched this. <laughs> like, oh, it was, yes. oh, it was like her. Like NXT her, did it. Oh, with uh, Bobby, Bobby Roo. <laughs> Bobby Roo. <laughs> he, uh, but yeah, her rendition of, uh, yeah, I forgot what it was, uh, Judas was like, it was fantastic. It was, I hadn't seen her video on Twitter. Like, lo- like the reaction on Twitter was, oh my God, it's her. She put out the video uh, with her doing her version of it. And next thing they were, next thing we know, she's on the stage. Chris Jericho's invited her to do her entrance. And it felt like it, it was doing the theme, but it built up to the actual theme playing incredibly well. And it kind of set that vibe for the crowd to sing along as well once the main theme kicked in. And it was like such a unique atmosphere. Uh, it, obviously, it helped that. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about of Cody MJF was Cody's entrance with um, Downstate playing live. Uh, <laughs> and everyone ooh. saying how terrible they were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, somebody... I like Cody coming up from the ground. That's always a cool entrance. And, you know, his entrance with Brandy is always cute, and I appreciate that. But, yeah, they were terrible. (laughs) Everyone who plays live in NXT is phenomenal. Every one of those performances is great. That was not so great. And that's, like, the second or third time Cody's had, like, one of these weird entrances that's, like, eh, like him him breaking the throne with the sledgehammer. It's, like, ghetto Triple H. <laughs> like I was um, in my immediate uh, review on Aftershock, I was saying that I reckon I would have loved that if I had the sound off. 
because <laughs> it looks amazing. <laughs> they follow like with the pyro going off, and then the entire nightmare family's there. Uh, SummerSlam star Stephen Amell is there as well <laughs> to say hello. Just like it kind of made me laugh a little bit. Like, why did like, John oh. Park? <laughs> oh, just the continuity needs to be there <laughs> for the Green Arrow. <laughs> oh, but the, it made me laugh that he was there, but he literally just came out, shook Cody's hand, is like, "Oh, hey guys!" And the crowd are just like, "Yay, Cody!" And Steve was like, "Hey guys, hey Cody, <laughs> you too." <laughs> uh, but anyway, but yeah, Chris Jericho's uh, entrance was really, really good. Like, was, I, I really, really rated it. And uh, just uh, something they they nailed it on Dynamite this week. But when Jericho's theme plays, they now have figured out where to pause it exactly at the right point, so that the crowd sings the ending of the song, and all they all end <laughs> at the same point now. Like it's over the course that like, they didn't all know how much of the song to sing, but come Revolution, they practiced it enough times that they all know exactly when to stop. <laughs> it's like a crowd in use and all know what's going on. Uh, yeah, such a unique entrance for Jericho for. And it made it it made it feel like a main event thing, which if you do WWE with your pay per views, where you like so many pay per views, like the main events kind of lose that special feeling. And with Revolu- with the way AW structured with them having like only four every single year, you've got the time to build it up, and then on the show itself, you can have every main event have that WrestleMania entrance. Like yep. why can't NXT every does show? The same thing. Yeah, like NXT does it. Like why can't you have your main event? always have that special feel why is it only got to be the one show a year when i meant you want me to tune in all the time right well why do you why are you plugging it like it's only that i one feel time like you're insulting year. pitbull here <laughs> oh. he his rendition i'll be honest was really good <laughs> uh, oh, at wrestlemania uh world sign oh, wrestlemania roller coaster yeah that one just, just not his cover of africa <laughs> uh. Uh, Green Light is a legendary WrestleMania song already. <laughs> it will go down in history with Limp Yikes. Biscuit. <laughs> Limp Biscuit and sexy saxophone. <laughs> it will go down. Or Cindy Lauper. Man, the the bar at WrestleMania. Just thinking, okay, this this has to be a column at this point now, like the the special music of WrestleMania. Like NXT <laughs> just destroys WrestleMania. It's been around one-tenth as long. <laughs> Uh, and uh, WrestleMania for years had the amazing WrestleMania song from the '90s with the wrestlers rapping during the court during oh. the verses. Oh, it's amazing! <laughs> it's <laughs> such a classic. <laughs> so, so going back to the main event for the third time. Uh, yes, I thought. <laughs> what did you make of the match, Burn? I appreciated it. I mean, first of all, I've been a John Moxley fan forever. Love that guy. He's has been my favorite wrestler basically since he joined WWE, since he joined SCW. Love the guy. Phenomenal. So happy to see him win another championship. You know, his run on SmackDown was like the highlight of SmackDown for five years until Becky got the belt. Um, so him becoming AEW champ makes so much sense. The match was very good. It's not the best match on the card. You know, Chris Jericho is still really good. He's a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest of all time. He's also like... 50 or whatever so he's not quite peak chris jericho anymore and that holds the match back a little bit but the dude can tell a story the dude has the best character in all of wrestling maybe um so the match was very good and uh, the thing i appreciated most was after watching you know nxt takeover and watching omega and page versus the young bucks we didn't have 400 finishers hmm yeah, so it, it the match the felt like a very classic match, right? Where, mm, yeah, right. Yeah. It told a story that the brawl on the outside, they had, you know, the 
eye patch revealed. We had the interference, and then we had the whatever he's calling dirty deeds now. Paradigm shift, right? That's it, yeah. Hits paradigm shift kind of sloppily, and then he hits a second one, hits it clean, and wins the match. Thank you. That's an A, B, C, D, E story. It just flowed. It didn't need 400 finisher kickouts. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, in terms of like the, I guess, immediate aftermath and aftermath on Dynamite as well, uh, Chris Jericho on Dynamite was fantastic. Just saying that he was, he was calling Moxley a cheater. I was just saying that I was training for months to face a man with one <laughs> eye, <laughs> and you can see but out of both. Jericho is eye. such a pro; he knows how to train for a man with one eye. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, he is so good in this role, which is like the reason I lost because I was training for a man with one eye for months. <laughs> oh. Uh, I, oh my god, there was a comment uh, I saw after AEW that was like somewhere in heaven, Mitch is smiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, as soon as the match had finished, like people would just immediately say, like, oh, this is so much better than fighting over a plant. <laughs> like, you just... know what? They made magic out of that, too. I don't care. Mm. And they fought over a plant and the Geratron 5000 and 69 tacks like, mm. and a jacket that he replaced. That feud was great. Come on. <laughs> it was way better than it had any right to be because of who was doing it. <laughs> because those two are phenomenal. And it turns out you put them in a championship match at the headline of your, your WrestleMania of the year. And it's really good. I love yeah. I love Oxley getting the mic at the end and just closing mm. out the year saying, you know, this is pro wrestling. This is what I love. Being passionate. And then his music starts playing randomly. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so good. Well, well um, with... With Moxley, it was uh, the interesting thing I found out is apparently he gave that end of show speech with a concussion. So he and he, he all he could remember from his speech is wrestle. This belt is for you, the fans, and that was yep. it. And he was like, <laughs> when he was saying, "I was I'm making this up as I go," he wasn't kidding. <laughs> He'd forgotten oh. everything he was meant to say, but he opened AEW with that speech and everything he was meant to say, and it's a really good speech. <laughs> As, like kind of hitting home a little bit stronger that uh, this is professional wrestling. Like you willed this company into existence. That's why it's for you. It's like oh, it's like yeah. It, it was a very good speech. Like I appreciate the speech he was meant to give was very very good. <laughs> and to be fair, the one he gave with a concussion was still like <laughs> a fantastic way to close out the show. And it's something they've taken from New Japan, which it's one of those things where. I see that all the time where they have the championship match to end the show and then whoever wins will give a like, goodbye speech to the crowd, send them home happy. Or if you're Jay White, the big villain, you send them home all booing you as uh, hard as you can. Uh, but it's, a, it's, a very, it's not something I've seen in the West ever before. Because of course the big disconnect is often they're speaking in Japanese. So you don't really feel that heart-to-heart they're having with the audience. But to see that done in an American company... It's like, oh, you can really sense why it's so successful overseas because there really is that connection. And when <laughs> AEW engages with their fans so much, which is another thing of their success where, that's come from the elite guys, where they use social media to really actually engage with their fans and make them feel, guess, included with the product or a part of the show. And a much better... Because WWE feels like it's at arm's length. <laughs> a little bit. like They don't really want to engage. It feels a bit like... They look down at the fans at sometimes, but with AEW, it's openly engaging, and I'm drifting from my main point. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. fair to be fair when you have someone like Peyton Royce who gets blown up on her DMs with creeps. Mm. 
Yes. Like, yeah, it's it's fair to be like, I'm gonna keep some of these crazy fans at arm's length, but you know, that's oh. just a. I mean, obviously, with a with AW, uh, I got it when I wrote a column on comparing <laughs> the women's divisions. But just crowning Nyla Rose as champion, like the amount they had to, uh, Nyla Rose handled it really, really well. But the amount of hate, uh, especially, and I got, I would say that's the most amount of hate I've ever received for a column. <laughs> it was just for just wow. complimenting them for just being like positive. Like, no, she's a really good cornerstone to build around with, and yeah, transphobia is real. And uh, I highly recommend if you've not before listening to Nyla Rose on Chris Jericho's podcast because Chris Jericho is. Of a certain, uh, I guess, political mindset, and one hour with Nyla Rose, and he's like a trans ally now. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like uh, she's a really interesting listen because of it. But yeah, I feel like that's a good practice for the future of AW of like kind of handling like the not very nice side of the fandom. So it's something they'll need to uh, come across at some point. <laughs> yeah. why I mean, not turns yeah. out everyone is a person alright <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, at so the end of the day they're all people they all have their own struggles you know just like you have your struggle they have their struggles you know just have some sympathy you know yeah. they're out there performing for you because they love what they do so just treat them like a person and that's that's not a that's not talking about trans people that's talking about mm. everyone everyone on this card everyone in in your life like everyone's life is tough everyone has struggles i should tap into inspirational burn more often (laughs) just just some empathy people come on (laughs) rather than shit talking burn (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well we haven't been talking about raw and i have my elimination chamber tab still up so we want to go there i was gonna say (laughs) for the i guess final portion of this show uh, unless I'm bloody forgetting something, which I don't think oh, I am. By the way, Maxwell Jacob Friedman is 23 years old. 23? Ah, so he, yeah, he is really, really young. Oh, and TMZ, uh, I'm assuming you've seen TMZ's uh, reporting of Wrestler uh, insults child and gives him middle finger, like, as, treating it like as a uh, disgrace kind of headline, whilst <laughs> everybody, every wrestling fan just like, no, he's a he's a bad guy. <laughs> like that parent surely knew what they were getting into. <laughs> right. First of all, I'm offended that you think I would have watched TMZ. Oh, I don't watch TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, yeah, I mean that's just every wrestler's dream to have that covered like it's a real life event. So yeah. who, oh, whoever did that, and I assume it's MJF, did their job. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So MJF did it, and uh, the photo's amazing. Because it's like a kid's come for a photo op with MJF, and most kids seemingly know. And like sometimes when he gives the finger to the child, because that's what he does in the photo. <laughs> <laughs> and like whenever he does that, uh, normal sometimes the kid will give the finger back, and it's adorable. Wow, that's <laughs> kind of hilarious. <laughs> but with MJF on this one, he gives the fi- like the child is posing, smiling with his dad next to him, and MJF then as the photo is about to be taken out. Just turns and scowls and gives him the. <laughs> I feel beat? like oh. that parent has failed at their job. <laughs> it's like if you yeah if you know if you do your research into who this wrestler is you would know exactly what you're getting into. <laughs> right. Either that kid likes MJF, in which case he shouldn't be shocked at that, or the kid doesn't like MJF because he's a kid and that's a heel and that's how that's supposed to work. In which case, why are you having your kid pose with a pose for a picture with that guy? Hmm. And it was like, the it was the dad who kept up, kicked up a fuss about it. Like he's the guy who sent it to TMZ. He's the guy who tweeted about it on Twitter. Like what a disgrace! It's just like 
he's he's meant to be a dick. <laughs> he, Wrestling isn't me. real, man. Come on. <laughs> uh, anyway, that was my kind of like final AW thing, a final story of the week to do with AW. Yeah, we only that, talked about it for an hour and a half. It was great. Yeah, great show. Exactly how good it is. Yeah. Like with no effort at all, we've killed an hour and a half. It tells you how much there is to talk about in it. Oh man, as, as opposed to those Raws and Smackdowns where we oh, burn an hour and a half and want to kill ourselves, yeah. I was going to say, um, our original format, I say original format, when we got onto Laws of Pain Radio, <laughs> our format became like we were the guys who were, we were the only guys to uh, watch NXT and talk about it. On NEP Radio, we were the first podcast to cover NXT, which is mental thinking about that now. <laughs> but, but we um, we would do Raw, SmackDown, and NXT, and blast through all of it within like an hour and a half maximum. <laughs> Which yeah. is we're yeah. pros. But uh, obviously, that tells you with Raw and SmackDown, there maybe just wasn't that much <laughs> to dive into, <laughs> uh, and that was a good era for SmackDown as well when we started doing that. It's like, oh, like, I'm really happy that. We we covered that period. Then Rich Latter and James Boyd of One Nation Radio, they came in for 2017. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm happy with myself <laughs> and Burn tapped out of that early. <laughs> oh, yeah, dear. I mean, it's not a chicken. It's not a chicken and egg thing. It's definitely a mm. correlation causation issue. Like we stopped yeah. covering it because it was bad. It wasn't. It wasn't random. Yeah. <laughs> But I would I would say actually Raw in twenty twenty has been surpri- mostly surprisingly solid, and now we're we're at a point. I would say this week was the first week where they had major issues and kind of booking points during the show, which were a little bit odd. Uh, but the show for most of the year has been really really good. It's just too long for me. Like it's a show I'm generally enjoying, but it outstays its welcome. It's hey, tell really- me how tell me how Street Profits earned a title shot. They earned the title shot by losing the title match. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and it was billed as their last chance. It was. It's what is what I've been calling the Saudi Arabia effect, where you've got to put on matches for the Saudi Arabia card, but you are you've you've got to move to that next point as a company, but you can't because you've got to do this random show. So you get the random show out of the way, and then in America you can crown the Street Profits as champions. And then you can get your hometown pop or your home country pop. <laughs> because, but what they probably didn't predict was Street Profits were also over, apparently, in Saudi Arabia. What? So they could have done it there all along. But to, to be fair, I kind of agree on that thing of, well, if they're going to have to put on a title match in Saudi Arabia, they're going to do it for Street Profits. Maybe don't change the titles because you don't know how they'll react to them. Because it's an odd, it's an odd world at the moment. But, I mean, who who cares how any one individual crowd reacts anyway? Do the right thing. <laughs> if you think street profits are the way to go, then put the belts on them. Like, <laughs> uh, whatever they're even called anymore, Viking driver war machines <laughs> the experience. <Viking> <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, they're great, but they haven't had anything to do except squash jobbers since they got called up. Street profits have been just giving stupid cheesy promos and not being given a chance to shine. Like. I mean, what do you do at that point? Like, you have all this talent that you called up from NXT, and you're not work, you're not giving them anything to do. Like, you might as well put the belts on them and just see what happens. Yeah, and with uh, well, he did give a really good TV match. So that was a weird thing about Raw. It had so much absolute bottom tier bad mixed in with two amazing tag matches because the <laughs> the lucha tag later on with uh, Rey Mysterio, Humberto Carrillo, Andrade, and Angel Garza was fantastic. And Angel Garza... That match was on... good? No way. 
<laughs> it's, 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 and it was also in the, what I would call the death spot where I am starting to get tired of the show by this point. It's the <laughs> final match before the main event. Like, yep. Normally at that point, I am winding through. And I'm kind of like skipping forward. Uh, I'm starting to lose interest. I'm done with the show. Even though, I've, even if I've enjoyed it, it's just because it's too long. For me, some people are fine with it. But that match was amazing. <laughs> it was so damn good. And uh, Angel Garza on... Because I realised at the moment it clicked for me with Angel Garza was his match with Leo Rush where he jumped into the crowd and ripped off his pants right next to <laughs> Leo Rush's wife. So good. <laughs> it was like ultimate heel move. It was so... And that, the rest of the match was on fire as well. <laughs> like, that's the moment it clicked for me. And seeing people immediately gravitate towards him and like one of the things that's really jumped out is people going, oh crap, I think they found that Eddie. Because <laughs> he's got all... He's got the charm. I think that was like in terms of a lot of like Eddie Guerrero's characteristics. The one thing they've re- that's really been difficult to replicate is his charm. Like he can have his ability, he can have his, he can copy his style and his moves and his way of carrying himself. But that charm is unique. And the first time I've ever seen something of that ilk is in Angel Garza. Uh, I don't know if he's got the wrestling ability of anywhere near his level, but in terms <laughs> of charm, oh, he's got it. <laughs> like there 100%. are very few wrestlers as good as Eddie Guerrero, but you don't have to be. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Prime example to so many others. Whoever does a frog splash nowadays and then attributes it to Eddie, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, you don't have uh, that. Like Montez Sasha. Ford. Oh, Montez Ford is amazing. Um, <laughs> I love that. You get so much height with it. It's, uh, <laughs> like, uh, it's much better all... than Seth Rollins is. Sorry, Seth. Mm. But also, two both of the tag matches. Montez Ford was kind of like people's reactions are oh my god he's clearly a star for the future there's so yes. much about him and it's the same with the lucha tag match as well where all of those guys like there's quite a few names in there where like Humberto, mr dimples Carrillo, he's got potential uh, <laughs> angel garza's just screaming star uh, andrade as well he's much closer to that point of they could just elevate him if need be and like both those tag matches they showcased potential for future guys to be pushed it's just that they yeah. haven't they've mucked up this generation so much that who's going to get them over? It doesn't make them feel it feel like uh, made of it. Clearly Goldberg. Ah yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> there were so many. Like for me, it's not really an issue of like oh Goldberg's old or that lot. Uh, yes, it's not great. For me, it's really bad storytelling. Like there's no reason. In terms of like, well, like I was talking about, we were talking about with AEW, where it's months of building it up and you get really invested by the time pay per view hits. Goldberg came out of nowhere after the Fiend was the one with the character work. Why the hell should I care? Like my, um, I was trying to explain, uh, well, uh, to my brother, I live, I live, uh, I live with my two brothers. I was trying to explain to one of them that uh, about why the reason that so many people were angry about it because he's seen it trending on Twitter. And like, <laughs> just show them the match. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the my, my my main thing was like they've built this character up for so long, only to then blur. It's like you're watching a James Bond film, and then Van Helsing comes and kills him, <laughs> and Van Helsing saves the day. It's like, I mean, I mean, I like Dracula. <laughs> that was a good film back then. But I mean, it's I, not even like uh, that. It's like. James Bond Daniel Craig is doing his normal oh, action yes. stuff saving the day and then James Bond Sean Connery comes <laughs> in and kills Daniel Craig and you're like what the that dude's like 90 what are you talking about 
I thought he was living on an island, all happy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's like yeah, I liked the guy in back in his time, but I don't care at all for him now. I'm enjoying this new guy. It's like yeah, it, it, it for me, it's like the amount of storytelling that went into building up the fiend. Everything set up just to be Blair. And, yeah, uh, I mean like, the WrestleMania builds used to be amazing, and oh, they yeah. just haven't felt amazing in several years. Occasionally, occasionally there's like a good story being built up, like you know Seth Rollins' injury return to face Triple H was pretty good. And, but uh, for Kofi. the most part, oh yeah, Kofi, yes, Kofi was a phenomenal one. Daniel Bryan that they backed into on accident because yeah. CM Punk quit. <laughs> those are the those are the three, and two of those were emergencies. Uh, yeah. But when they get to tell the stories they want to tell, oh, God, they're just like, this is WrestleMania. This is your biggest season of the year. This is when people are paying attention. This is your biggest pay-per-view. And you're going to do Goldberg versus Roman. And you think that's yeah. not going to get booed out of the building. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but that's actually an amazing transition to Elimination Chamber. And the mat- and the card with matches, I guess. <laughs> it's a... <laughs> It's really, really weird, but I've just realised I've randomly I closed mine ages ago, so I've not actually got anything up apart like well apart from the... Natalia versus Liv Morgan versus yes. Shayna Baszler versus Oscar versus Ruby Riot versus Sarah Logan, or as we joked earlier, the Riot Squad Elimination Chamber match. Yes, it. I, th- I think they were all in it last year. If I'm correct or incorrect, I can't really remember. It's uh, yeah. So as of Monday, before Monday Night Raw was airing. Uh, the there were three matches announced for this card, so one was <laughs> oh I'm trying, trying to believe remember what it was oh it was the uh, elimination chamber for the tag teams, elimination chamber for the women, and Braun Strowman defending his IC title against Nakamura, Cesaro, and Zayn, and it's Squ- it just... squashing three phenomenal wrestlers by himself. It's going to be yeah. <laughs> I said I talked about uh, AW listening to the crowd and maybe shifting things to like. Uh, engage them a bit more. This is blatant on purpose. Get <laughs> <laughs> peeing off the certain uh, sections of the wrestling fans. Um, yeah, it's... I don't understand how WWE does the Saudi Arabia show and then this show it's bookending AEW Revolution and an NXT yeah. Takeover in Portland. I don't yeah. understand how it's possible that you look <laughs> at these cards. You're like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> especially coming out of Revolution because I didn't obviously neither of us watched the Saudi Arabia show again we kicked out at one <laughs> what is wrong with you <laughs> so we don't so I wasn't feeling I've not, I don't feel fatigued with WWE because I didn't watch it uh, and I didn't watch Smackdown either this will be my first Smackdown in like two three weeks so I'm not feeling WWE fatigue going into the chamber which is great however I'm not feeling WWE hype either <laughs> there is like no, yeah. no reason really for me to care as I said earlier, Alistair Black, AJ Styles, on paper, amazing match. Going into the pay-per-view, no reason to care. Like, at Andrade all. versus Carrillo? Uh, that's, uh, also continue. great on paper. Yeah. To be fair, though, that on one's paper. had... <laughs> that one's had a really... It's had a long build, kind of doing it, uh, going around it. Andrade's suspension really helped kind of flesh that out, because then Zelina Vega came out with Angel Garza... Uh, who's his real life cousin, and that worked, that's whole built all that up around as well. Then Andrade comes back, and Carrillo can finally get revenge. It's like, yeah, you've done a really long arc because of a suspension. It worked. <laughs> so now this is kind of the, the return moment. As long as you didn't watch Saudi Arabia, because that's when the actual <laughs> return match happened. <laughs> it's just that this one's on American soil, so they can actually go for it. 
in t- in a room temperature that's actually workable. <laughs> so, so yeah, so on paper, I, I was alluding to this. If you just looked at the women's elimination chamber match and you said the mm. final three are going to be Shayna, Asuka, and Ruby Riot, you'd be like, if you give them fifteen minutes, that's going to be awesome. Street Profits versus Seth Rollins and Murphy. Oh my God! So oh smart. yeah, he's lost his first name. <laughs> <laughs> now he's from Boston. Sorry. Uh, that match could be great. Alistair Black versus AJ Styles. Oh my God, that's that's a dream match. Andrade versus Carrillo. We know that that could be great. If they let them be great, if they gave them breathing room, the problem is I no faith in WWE, number one. And number two, Braun Strowman squashing three guys that are phenomenal is going to be infuriating. That tag elimination match has a bunch of garbage. Hey, WWE, thanks for making Kofi Kingston a tag dude again after he had an amazing run as world champion. Good job, guys. Way to waste him. And in the women's elimination match, you have Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan and Natalia. So you're diluting your awesome match with three people. And I, I don't mean to insult them. I like Sarah Logan. I've liked Liv Morgan since NXT, and I don't like Natalia for obvious reasons. But, you know, I I appreciate what she does, but, like, they're diluting that match. That match would be amazing if it was just a triple threat. So... The, the card has the potential to actually be surprisingly good if they just give Black and AJ 20 minutes and they give Andrade and Carrillo 20 minutes and they give Street Profits and Seth and Murphy 15 minutes and they make the final three in the women's elimination chamber, you know, the, the three that it should be, and they give them 10 minutes. The card could be really good. It's just who believes that's going to happen? Who, who believes that? Nobody. Yeah, and uh, the other thing for the women's elimination chamber, because this is what I... Uh, the reason I've called it of what is this show? Like for me, <laughs> the women's limit. Like, it screams that there is no need for this to happen, other than it's that time of year. So it's like yeah. the, my my biggest pet peeve. Where this is now the third pay per view in half a year where WWE have had almost nothing announced for it before the week of the show, and there's very little hype going into it. Bright side, right? At least. Before the weekend of the show, there is actually matches to talk about. Because I don't know how much you were paying attention, but with... Um, oh, blood. It was one of the other ones <laughs> a little while ago. Uh, Hell in a Cell, that was it. With Hell in a Cell, I think there was like one match announced or something. And <laughs> there was nothing else. And suddenly on Saturday, we had a slew of announcements. It's like, oh, well, uh, that's not going to hype me at all. <laughs> it was such a weird thing to happen. Um a similar thing here where I just don't really care. And the matches that are happening, it's like there isn't really story any story point for it to happen. Like the, the best way to expl- show it as well is before Saudi Arabia, there was a men's elimination chamber match. Then they changed the title and Roman Reigns just walked out and went, I'm challenging. And Goldberg went, all right then. <laughs> Suddenly there's no need for a men's elimination chamber match. So they just quietly cancelled it. The women's... Yeah isn't any better, actually, because the story they've been telling on television is Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch, and Becky Lynch wants Shayna Baszler to win. That's the story they've been going with, and Shayna Baszler's gone directly for Becky Lynch. The story they are already telling is Shayna Baszler versus Becky Lynch. So either Shayna Baszler wins, and you'll have people online complaining that it was so predictable because they've essentially started (laughs) the story already, or the right. past few weeks were a complete waste of time and they go with something else. They're building to a match that never happens. 
<laughs> which yeah. is right. Or Oscar wins, and then Shayna gets put in the match anyway, and we get another weird triple threat instead of yeah. just giving Becky a one-on-one WrestleMania match. Yeah, it's lose, yeah. lose, lose for sure. And, and that's what's so weird about this entire card, right? It's like how much of this is leading into WrestleMania? We're like a month from WrestleMania. How many of yeah. these matches actually tie into WrestleMania in the in the main card? None of them? Yeah, like so. Like Alistair Black and AJ yeah. might have a match at WrestleMania, but then you're just having a rematch of Elimination Chamber at your biggest show when there's already going to be 14 matches. Like what the what's the point of that? Everyone's already seen it. Like these these matches other than, you know, literally being a number one contenders match, like, they don't tie in to WrestleMania, which is a month away. <laughs> well, the AJ Styles tie-in is not great, but at least there is one. His entire thing on Monday Night Raw, like, make it even worse for Alistair Black, where he had to go through Anderson and Gallows to get to AJ. The entire point of it was AJ Styles building himself up to face The Undertaker. Who? So AJ Styles, who... First in Saudi Arabia last week was pinned by The Undertaker after one choke slam. Second, on Monday Night Raw, Alistair Black beats Gallows, he beats Anderson, then he loses to AJ Styles to build up AJ Styles, because the point is building up AJ Styles for The Undertaker. So in Alistair Black versus AJ Styles on pay-per-view, the best part about it is that Alistair Black is not the enemy of focus in the actual story they're telling, it's The Undertaker. So, in some way, the Undertaker might Keep come out those and paychecks, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> so either he comes back in at the show and does something, or is a gong distraction, or I've heard people say it as uh, the Undertaker distracts Styles with his big gong, <laughs> and uh, or his big dong because he goes dong, doesn't it? Yeah, you do a full on pun. I just realised you could do the full pun. Uh, and then Alistair Black hits him with a black mask. As long as you don't say he distracts him with his big dong ever again. <laughs> oh, I'll bloody make it a running joke. <laughs> or come back. <laughs> I'll make sure I get demonetized every single week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So there might be a distraction and Alistair Black wins. Uh, again, the main story isn't Alistair Black, which is, again, a bit of a uh, bit of an issue. But at least it ties to WrestleMania come it's not particularly a match i want to see because it's another person that i've kind of gotten bored of seeing i'm ready for them to move on they just don't and aj styles undertaker is the same as goldberg versus reigns which okay i can't yep. put fiend cena in there that's different at least that one's tying into actual wrestlemania law already there's a reason for that one to exist in the fiend's character there's a reason for him to go after cena it's just like the execution's been odd so far <laughs> but at least it ties in but yeah, what's the point of this pay-per-view existing? Like, it's that time of year. <laughs> uh, to sell WWE Network. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, they need to hit the right amount, yes, yeah. <laughs> Which, they're talking yeah. about wanting to get rid of the, the network and put all their pay-per-views on, like, ESPN, like UFC does anyway, so... Cool, cool that you developed this network that, you know, has actually been pretty cool for, like, four years, and now you want to get rid of it. Or at least yeah. make it basically just a library of old matches mm. and not uh, a way for people to watch pay-per-views for 10 bucks a month, which means you're going to have no subscribers anymore. Yeah. like The only thing that I do agree with like, as a business is figuring out a way to jump off of the streaming like, apocalypse. <laughs> the streaming service apocalypse. like Finding a way to jump off of that train before yeah. it actually like goes full pelt off the cliff. <laughs> like they... At least they are looking into ways to expand it. Like, I agree that that is a wise move, as in the saturation is real, 
and with more and more services coming out every single year, that oversaturation, it's the feeling is definitely that as a consumer, it's there. It's you can't avoid it. There are too many services already with everything getting diced up and sectioned off. Uh, it's yeah, like especially as you, uh, over here in Europe, where we're used to more consumer friendly stuff, we don't particularly like the idea of everything gets sectioned off and you have to pay for each individual thing. Right. <laughs> like that's not really how we do things over here. Us dirty socialists. <laughs> yeah, really must be nice. <laughs> must yeah. be nice. Yeah, with your taunting. Oh, I watched AEW Revolution for fifteen bucks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I literally Six, did taunt sixty for the rest of us. <laughs> I did taunt it on Twitter. I was, I was just like, it really just hit home when I pay my fifteen pounds. <laughs> the other was sixty. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, really, really, really does hit. Uh, but uh, oh, and our free coronavirus tests. That's also good. I thought wait, I misread it. Wait, you're allowed to test for that? Not wait, here. Wait. Well, you, you are allowed. But it, <laughs> when I when I, when I read how much it costs, I, I was like, I must have misread that. <laughs> uh, I read right, three thousand dollars. Yeah, that's, that's what I read. That's what I read as well. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> that is both the most believable, and I can't possibly have read that right. <laughs> kind of reaction. It's like, yeah, surprisingly enough, if you want to, you know, solve a, a pandemic, getting people tested relatively quickly and easily and sharing that information, yeah, yeah, Europe's going to do pretty well on that because we can actually test people who aren't rich. <laughs> test everybody. Welcome to American healthcare, yeah. Uh, it's a little insight in it as well. Like again, my brother's wife is from Utah. Uh, like the, one of the big reasons like she moved over here is just like, have you seen the difference in the healthcare? Like it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Uh, I have a friend incredible. that moved to Germany. Yeah, and exact same thing. Just like hearing the stories, where it's like, oh yeah, free healthcare. Oh yeah, public trans transport is great. Oh yeah, if you're sick, they 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 don't even worry about your PTO. Just like don't come. We don't we don't care. You know. Yeah. You like three months of vacation or whatever in France and then it's just like people talk about the American work ethic like it's a great thing and it's like no we're all working ourselves to death for someone else mm. like we're all like in all of the offices and things we're already talking about what, what do we do if we do have to like kind of shut down can we work at people work at home or not and will everybody still get paid or not as in, not teachers oh uh, or well, <laughs> over here it's Everybody can get something called statutory. Uh, I can't really say the word at three a.m. <laughs> Everyone will get pay, um, apart from self-employed people. So that's like everybody will get pay apart from the self-employed, which is uh, like that puts a lot of people at ease because <laughs> we've uh, we've got a special unit called Cobra, and that's where like all of the I guess where there's a big emergency meeting of the highest officials in the country. They all have a Cobra meeting. <laughs> it sounds really cool and epic <laughs> and. <laughs> It just be—it's just old people sitting around a table talking. <laughs> but we call it a Cobra emergency meeting. <laughs> I think really call, cool. I think we call that politics. Oh, that's boring. <laughs> a, b- a bunch of old people sitting around discussing the future. I mean, it is politics, but Cobra meeting—it <laughs> makes it that serious. <laughs> uh, a massive tangent we've just had, but I guess it's relevant with WrestleMania being in Tampa of all places, where Tampa's been one of the big outbreak areas in America. Uh, there is a massive chance that it just doesn't. Well, and there's a massive chance it shouldn't go ahead, which could have an effect <laughs> on attendance. But because a, it's America. B, look who's in charge. There is not going to be a countrywide ban like we've seen in Europe. Um, if people aren't aware, Japan. like if, yeah, like Japan has cancelled all events for I think it was March. Uh, Italy is now joined in. They've cancelled all events till the end of April. 
Uh, there's talk of us doing it here in the UK as well. Like our sports will still go ahead, like the competitive sports, but it'll be Without like crowds. yeah, no crowds because it's the ban on the crowd, which is the thing, not the ban on. Won't like, that just... just improve football? Not our football. Have <laughs> <laughs> you watched UK's UK wrestling shows? Oh, the the singing and the chanting. <laughs> it's right. Like... No, it'll hurt wrestling, but I mean, under oh, no, those. Uh, the, those chants at the wrestling are from football. Like every one of them Uh-oh. is taken from football. <laughs> it's, it's part of the culture. So uh, all those we didn't talk chances. about NXT Takeover UK Ireland. Oh yeah, Dublin, Dublin. So first off, interestingly, it's the same day as an, a really big OTT show, which is an Irish promotion. I think they're doing the show in the UK. Uh, sorry, like mainland UK, and the. Interesting thing is OTT is yet another one of the promotions that uh, WWE works closely with. And they're building a habit of running like these UK takeovers in competition with these promotions they're <laughs> meant to be working with. <laughs> it's really weird. Classic. Classic. Like, the, last, the last takeover was exactly the same. And the one before it. So they've like it's like, is this a coincidence anymore? Like it's happened every time. <laughs> like, Keep your friends close. Yes. <laughs> so it's good, it's big, it's just really interesting. Like Ireland's biggest promotion happens to be running a really big show that day. Like, hmm, <laughs> that's odd. <laughs> like, uh for me that another interesting thing in terms of running against stuff is uh, what WWE have been doing with Evolve, where every time there's an AW show, Evolve have a show and that's on the network. And huh. I feel like it's having less and less of an effect because people do not care. Like, because AEW's good enough to deserve attention. Yep. Evolve just doesn't get covered. So it's on the network if you want to watch Evolve. But the majority <laughs> of people were like, I- I'm I'm going to watch uh, Hangman drink some beer. <laughs> I'm that, like, thanks. That is really yeah. funny because I actually went back and re- or watched for the first time like a month ago some Evolve show that was on uh wwe network and it had like adam cole and matt riddle and i'm like this is why i'm watching and it's very cool but like i wouldn't go out of my way to watch this and i definitely wouldn't watch it over like aew revolution Mm. (laughs) so i mean your counter programming isn't that strong there wwe yeah it's it's well it's like the i guess the nxt thing where getting something to kind of try and chip away like people watching it or whatever um obviously word of mouth and quality will just That'll trump everything, especially as AW has also got all the money in the world to like properly advertise the stuff. So, Just not hire a music person. Yes, like come on, Tony. <laughs> Have you seen how rich your dad is, Tony? Just ask for a bit more for a musician. Apparently, his dad like really, really is like he was a extremely skeptical when Tony was telling him first, I mean with first name basis <laughs> or Tones and Sadiq or <laughs> but those when they were talking beforehand he was really really skeptical about what his son was doing but apparently now he absolutely loves it and he's fully behind <laughs> and just to in perspective in case people don't know Sadiq Khan is richer than McMahon by quite some margin it's like I think he owns uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars right he does yes I guess the comparison is oh, I'm getting too political again but this is purely on wealth uh, Bloomberg and Trump as in it's it's like the man who claims to be rich uh, whilst kind of more <laughs> inheriting it versus the man who is everything the other person claims to be in actual <laughs> for both yeah, the good I mean, to and to be the fair bad. Vince Vince didn't inherit it 
Vin, Vince oh, got yes, into yeah. the business because it was a family business, but he yeah. he did build WEF from scratch. So. To, yeah. Uh, to, to be, be fair, fair, that was all yeah. him. But to, you're yeah. right. The the wealth differential is astounding. Yeah. <laughs> so they can hire a bloody musician is the point we're making. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point of this. Uh, but yeah, in terms of advertising, for example, with really strong word of mouth, which they currently have, you put that on top of strong advertising over time. Like uh, the NXT, the idea of having NXT again, like me personally, I've stopped watching NXT in the same day as AEW. I now wait for it to go to the network and I'll watch it there. Uh, uh, again, it's different for me in the UK because uh, I don't have BT Sport. So I have to wait a bit longer for for things, for my methods of watching. But, because BT for Sport for me... For my methods of watching yes. this guy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just in case I'm not being, you know, blatant <laughs> enough. <laughs> but they, because BT Sport for me would cost £20 a month. So piss off, I'm paying £240 a year to watch WWE. <laughs> like, on top of the 120 I'm already paying for the network. Like, <laughs> 360 a year dedicated to WWE. It's like, oh, no, never. <laughs> never am I paying that. <laughs> that is ridiculous. So, yeah. NXT, I wait for going to the network, and that works a lot better for me. A AW, I want to watch like immediately, and I do get that on fight purely for the column stuff and for the podcast because I need. It, we do get it on ITV over here, but it's like re, it's quite delayed, so I won't be able to watch it till like eight PM. And if anything ever came up, I won't be able to cover it on the show. So <laughs> I, I kind of just don't. But uh, yeah, so NXT for me, it's kind of. Uh, drifting off my main view schedule and sometimes I've not watched it purely because I've like moved on to the next thing uh, or I've just not found the time to do it because again, life continues to exist surprisingly enough, you know, even though wrestling is giving an insane amount to watch like 9 hours to watch every single week where <laughs> to like to truly keep up with everything you have to digest it all, surprisingly enough life still exists, you got to so, do stuff <laughs> So is this all your long winded excuse for not having watched NXT this week? Well, uh, it's not quite the same. <laughs> say, I no longer watch NXTs on a Thursday, so I was never going to have watched it for this show. <laughs> but that is also my excuse for not watching both NXT and SmackDown for the last two weeks. <laughs> I have... SmackDown, understandable. NXT, nope, inexcusable. But I, I enjoy NXT every time I watched it. <laughs> I was just vessel fatigued a little bit. <laughs> I watch like, on yeah. Hulu, but I'm so disappointed that now that it's gone to, what, two hours? Like, they cut out, like, two matches. Oh, still, it's very still. frustrating. I thought it'd be like the perfect length for Hulu. That's right. Odd. Yeah. But they only show like 90 minutes of it or an hour. So they, they literally cut out like the ads, which is great. And then they cut out like two matches. So like I didn't get to see Austin Theory versus Isaiah Swerve Scott this week. It's like, what the hell? I wanted to see that match. How am I supposed to watch that? <laughs> and the other thing is, as you can tell, how we spent one hour and a half talking about Revolution with not that many wild tangents as soon as we start talking WWE. <laughs> it's all politics. Especially Elimination Chamber. Like, we'd even rather talk about the television. <laughs> it's just something about the show. Like, we just, there's nothing about it appealing at all, really. With matches that either don't really matter, don't really lead into anything haven't really had enough of a bill to get like really the only match I'm generally excited for is I guess Street Profits Volumes Murphy but that's no more excited than like, like I was for Raw this week I was like oh yeah that'll be a fun match and it was <laughs> that's my level <laughs> going into this like my 
highest bar for this show, I guess, is two and a half stars, if I'm giving it that rating. Like, for me, is if it gets to two and a half stars, I feel like it might have exceeded. Because I'm, <laughs> it might, because it's like zero hype. <laughs> so low to expectations, achieve that, yeah. yeah. Going in with low expectations. Uh, like Elimination Chamber normally delivers. Like the tag match, the last time they did a tag team Elimination Chamber match, it was amazing. Uh, like to the point where I remember asking kids at school. I do a uh, supply teacher stuff. I don't know what's what's it called in America. It's not a supply teacher, is it? It's uh... substitute teacher. Oh, <laughs> that's not a very uh, big deviation at all. <laughs> Almost the exact same word. <laughs> yeah, it just makes more sense. <laughs> what what is a supply teacher? That doesn't even make sense. Substitute literally <laughs> means. I'm substituting for the person who used to be here. We're the, uh, essentially, we're the uh, teachers that are in storage, so you have to go and get us some of the supply, and then we'll, <laughs> so we're literally <laughs> from the supply unit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I remember at the time of that other tag match, like, the kids would say, because some, sometimes you bring up WWE with kids, because kids like wrestling, some of them. Uh, but yeah, one of the responses I, always, I quite often got was like, my favourite match is the tag team match, uh, from Elimination Chamber. Like, they... Huh. At the time, like they like, because it was it was really exciting. It was a really fun match, and I'm expecting something very similar here. It's just I'm like from the high. It's just with Kofi in this match, and there's a likelihood that to kind of like they did with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania uh, Silicon Valley or WrestleMania Play Button at that one when they had <laughs> uh, Daniel Bryan in the opening match to give him something after the previous WrestleMania, even though they weren't going to like push him with like a singles match or anything. It feels like that with Kingston. Where he'll be in the tag team scene, but he he'll get he'll win the tag team championships probably at WrestleMania, and that'll be the thing that he gets so people can't be peed off. So that you have people on Twitter going, "Oh, they gave him a championship," or they're still giving him stuff. It's just like, yeah, it's a consolation prize, really. <laughs> I guess it's a disgusting consolation prize. He was a great champion. He had a great WrestleMania story, and then he got squashed by Brock, and literally has not risen from the grave since then. Yeah. And like it was a for me, it was a summer which was so all over the place that it felt like his raid had only just started with Andy Orton because he was having stories that were kind of nothing, and the world was falling apart around him. It's like same with Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins, really. Well, not Seth Rollins; he lost the title, but I guess Becky Lynch as well. Her feud didn't get started until like the end of the summer against Sasha Banks. They felt like that was when her championship really actually started, and she started to feel like a champion. Same with Kofi. It was kind of meandering mid-card meh. Until, that was an amazing alliteration for me. I didn't mean it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but with uh, as soon as he had his, his, had his final feud with Andy Orton, and that was like, I feel like he could hold the championship to the Royal Rumble, purely because like the world was so all over the place. It's like his because arc as champion has only just started. And right. then he immediately just gets squished by Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, ugh, just... Yeah, like every black wrestling fan and immediately just like, ah, well, we're back to this then, are we? There's, <laughs> such, a, there's such a weird theme that emerges when a popular champion finally gets their, their championship and then they get squashed by Brock Lesnar, by yeah. Goldberg, by Roman Reigns, by, you know, other part-timers. Yeah. Well, it's like it's so kind weird. Of, to swing into like WrestleMania as I kind of like closing part of the show. Uh, it's it's why in the match with Drew McIntyre, I'm really struggling to get any hype towards it. Like I can see that McIntyre is doing an amazing job, and they're putting the effort into him, and he is getting more and more over. It's kind of like it's you always worry it might get Alberto Del Rio, where the crowd are really into him at the Rumble, <laughs> and then they just get bored of him by WrestleMania. 
This doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like they're absolutely nailing it. And that Drew McIntyre is getting more and more over every single week. And they're doing the right beats every time. However, they did that with Seth Rollins last year. And with Roman Reigns, people might not have been super into it, really. But in terms of the story beats, they told all the right story beats for him to beat Brock Lesnar and then move on to the next thing. Uh, But every single time, come the next WrestleMania, Brock Lesnar's champion again. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like... But to be fair, he does eat the loss for the guy that's up and coming. Like, at least he does every that. year? I mean, he lost to Seth. He lost to Seth. And what was the year in between? He beat Roman. Oh, well, see, that's win 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 right there. And he beat Dean Ambrose. That was a travesty. <laughs> okay, so three, so yeah. three out of four good results. Mm. And I think he's going to take the loss for Drew. And he yeah. absolutely should. And if yeah. WWE doesn't do it, and if Cena and or if Cena beats the Fiend, I'm I might throw something at my TV. It yeah, might like, it might be a broken TV situation. Like for me, the one good thing to come out of WrestleMania is all of these kind of veterans giving all these new guys the win and moving them on in that direction. For me, the issue is this is the sixth year of doing that and they've still <laughs> not moved on. <laughs> it's like. Cool. Right. I like I like you can you can do the matches, you can say that we are giving all this momentum to the new guys, but you've got to follow through. You can't just do it at WrestleMania, you gotta then follow through for the rest of the year with actual stories and arcs, not just like month to month. Like Becky Lynch, she became champion and then she's having to get over Lacey Evans in her first feud. <laughs> oh like, my god. <laughs> Why do you hate <laughs> Becky Lynch? Why do you do this to her? <laughs> like Surely, like even I was thinking, well, surely you get Becky Lynch over as champion first, <laughs> then if you really <laughs> want to push this new person. But no, uh, like, Seth Rollins as well. He had to help establish Baron Bloody Corbin. <laughs> first of guy. all, if you want, if you want to establish Lacey Evans, don't. <laughs> it's, well, she's she's working on SmackDown. It's just that I know I am not the audience for her, like at all. Yeah, as the in... audience is one seventy-year-old man in Connecticut. <laughs> like. Uh, kids have actually gravitated to Lacey Evans as a baby face on SmackDown, like pretty strongly. So I can see the kids will do. There. Kids will like what they're told. <laughs> yeah, in reality, they are actually quite judgmental dickheads. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> so, so there, so it's working to a degree. It's just that I know I am not the correct audience for a really, really good parent who was formerly served in the military and is really pro America. It's like, as me, as a dirty foreigner. It's just like, I don't care about any of those. And seemingly every baby face on SmackDown is a good parent. <laughs> it's like, eight, like, the fact that from a SummerSlam, both championship matches at, for SmackDown, at like two SummerSlams in a row, the story was this person's a good family man. Well, then like from, Heath Slater should be WWE champion. <laughs> I don't give a shit about your kids. <laughs> <laughs> Brock Lesnar's gold sometimes. I wasn't on the show, so I'm very sad I didn't get to talk about it. But Brock and R Truth was so phenomenal. <laughs> it was the best thing for like a month. It was great. Oh, and to be fair, like Brock Lesnar, like going into the Rumble, it was quite interesting. And the Rumble itself, Brock Lesnar was amazing. Like it's like what it will be for me. It'll go down as like one of the legendary like Roy Rumble performances, just because of. Uh, he was he was great, and him getting eliminated was perfect as well. Uh, I appreciate he... how unique it was, and maybe we shouldn't go down this rabbit hole. But it pissed me off 
the specific people, some of the specific people that he squashed. Like, oh, yeah. he squashed Kofi again! Are you <laughs> fucking kidding me with this? Uh, like, it was... It's weird that, in terms of the momentum of the match, it was, like, perfect time for Kofi to come out. Uh, I might have tried to have him lead, like last a little bit, or the way he gets eliminated is he actually tries or gets close or something... And then, then gets squashed. But no, it's both times he gets destroyed by Lesnar. Say hello to your ceiling, Kofi. <laughs> it's yeah. just... Uh, bite side, the New Day podcast is great. <laughs> so, I don't I'm mean not to surprised. Keep... Everything with yeah. New Day is great. I don't mean to keep plugging the official WWE podcast network. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New Day good. Do you, do you want to plug yeah. their version of Botchamania? Oh, oh wait, it's no. dead. <laughs> I remember Mafu's response to that was just like, oh my god, are they generally going to try and run <laughs> me out of business? And then he watched one episode. He's like, I think I'm all right, lads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm right. not worried anymore. <laughs> it's going to be fine. This, this uh, is not... Uh, oh god, what is the fake wrestling they did? South... Ah! Oh, Southpaw. Yes, Southpaw. Yeah. Oh my god! How was Southpaw so magical, and then their version of Botchamania was so terrible? And also, when do we get more Southpaw? I will say uh, the best thing about uh, WWE moving to BT is that it's like the. Have you seen the? I think it's SmackDown on Fox account or WWE on Fox, where there's a little bit of sass, but they are like engaging yes. with the audience, and <laughs> yes. they are, and they are tweeting as if they are one of the audience, which I always find weird. Where brands tweet as if they're people. <laughs> That's not, like the like Wendy's seem to figure out that it works, oh and God, everybody Wendy's does so it funny. now. But now everybody <laughs> does it, <laughs> and yeah. like, it doesn't work for everyone. Like for the WWE account to be like, oh my God, what did we just see? Like, and yeah, they did that tweet for the Eric Rowan uh, <laughs> Spider reveal. <laughs> it's like nobody was tweeting like that. <laughs> the the Fox tweet was funny about Davy Boy Smith, though. They're like, gonna be hard to get him on TV. <laughs> I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oof. <laughs> but the... like, it was like, which of the these Hall of Fame candidates do you want to see us interview live? And someone's like, Davy Boy Smith, and they're like, that's going to be challenging. <laughs> oh, that that's generally funny. <laughs> it's dark humor, but <laughs> like, dark humor doesn't really have a place today. So it's nice when it pops up every now and then. Yes. <laughs> it's just for a quick hello and disappears again. Uh, but yeah, the BT Sport one for WWE is kind of similar. Like being, I've forgotten the point I was trying to make now, but it does the sass. Yes, it's like, I got distracted by the how weird it is when brands tweet like people. It's just like <laughs> uh, the often reminder: brands aren't your friends; they're just trying to sell you stuff. <laughs> Corporations are people. The Supreme Court of the United States says so. Ah, uh, oh, I forgot about that <laughs> law that went. <laughs> I do. Uh. The other, the other thing about Bern and I is we're both really interested in world politics. <laughs> so, like the amount of times that it just kind of just drifts <laughs> into random political It's funny stuff. how straight pro wrestling we were, and then how much little bits of politics have like drifted into things. And now, probably like a fifth of the show has been us just on like tangents about Boris Johnson and Citizens United. <laughs> it's yeah, it's all yeah. Like we have, we have, yeah we we've talked about even wilder stuff. I say wilder. I mean further apart from our <laughs> homelands. <laughs> I say before not, not Dash Wilder. No, not Dash can't, Wilder. Can't wait to watch them in AEW. Well, have you seen the... I guess this is a... It's still WWE, so it counts. I guess, like, random news I've seen. The uh, kind of... I guess the trademarks little war that's going on with WWE and the Revival. Uh, I haven't seen a war. I've just seen the Revival trademarking, like, literally everything, which is great. 
Ah, but then so have WWE. They've been oh, trademarking. So just like the revival, they've been trademarking random stuff to do with the revival. Uh, the WWE has been trademarking other things to do with the revival, like their original name in the mechanics. The mechanics. I yeah. I still maintain that's a better name. So the thinking was because the revival's definitely owned by WWE that they might try to use the mechanics. <laughs> nope, they've they've gone for that one. Uh, they've trademarks uh, uh, no flips, just fists. WWE. Uh, so did Dash and Dawson. Oh, that'd be the other way around then. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Dash, I know Dash and Dawson did that, and then they did whatever their finisher's name is, which I forget oh, yeah. because they never get to wrestle. <laughs> and or they like... did uh, FTR as well, like Forever the Revival, not the other one. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I mean, because it was like, obviously the Elite did the nasty version, but then they twisted it to be Forever the Revival, and so it was one of it's those. It's so like, petty, and it does not matter. Like copyright trademark whatever you want like they're gonna leave and because they're great they're gonna be over whatever they call themselves whatever they call their finisher like you're not hurting anyone you're just ruining a relationship yeah yeah it's it's, a, it's an odd one that so and they're going to they're likely going to go to aw and slay it uh, as their tag division is building up really really nicely uh, uh so death triangle oh death triangle oh, was it uh Triangular de la Muerte. <laughs> <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah, well, the fact that they... those guys weren't on the pay-per-view in an actual match is just... It shows how deep AEW is. Oh, yes. <laughs> there's, there's so much... To, uh, it means they can rotate as well, which is the other WWE thing where you see the same matches every single week. Like, because <laughs> the the way they use their roster in AEW... Like they said before they go live that it'd be rotating. That's We're seeing it now. Where like to that point of the Lucha Bros weren't even in any matches the past two weeks, <laughs> <laughs> it just shows the depth. Like NXT and does that great. too, though. That the yeah. good shows do that. Like yeah. Keith Lee's on one week, he's not on the next week. He doesn't yeah. have to be on every week. It's fine. Yeah, the amount of times they've shown that one Finn Balor promo, <laughs> where he's just sat in the chair in the dark room. <laughs> I don't but... watch this industry. This industry watches me. <laughs> <laughs> with a weird accent i don't even know where that's meant to be from <laughs> so so you didn't so you didn't see nxt this week you didn't see uh finn balor's little promo no i have not I mean, i'll watch it when it's on the network but it only it only comes <laughs> on to the network at like midnight my time on a thursday when i'm live and then i'm knackered and go to sleep let's so, just say finn yeah. might have a very large match at nxt takeover uk oh wait Against uh, Walter for the title in Dublin. What? I've, I've seen stuff on... You know, <laughs> ages ago, Byrne was like, you've not talked about NXT UK. Then we started, and that was about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so uh, that will sell, obviously. It's in Ireland. Finn Balor is like the biggest star of this generation from Ireland in terms of... Uh, uh, Becky Lynch? I was Rude. trying to... I had a bloody way to... <laughs> Excuse Becky Lynch, and I completely uh. forgot. Let's just let's make one up now. Let's say biggest star who still looks like he's from Ireland. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. rude. <laughs> Becky Lynch has got a tan now. She's gone full America. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Finn Balor is uh, yeah, he's a mega star. Obviously, like, you saw the reaction when he t- returned to Blackpool. Like that was a crazy reaction. So he will be over as hell. And his match against Gargano was an amazing kind of setup as well. Uh, and Walter as a dom- super dominant scary champion I think him beating is Finn he, Balor well, is he those things 
I mean, I, maybe he's those things in the UK, but I seem to remember him getting his ass kicked by Seth Rollins. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the classic case of NXT <laughs> isn't canon. <laughs> That's such a fair way yeah. to put that. Like, it, NXT is not canon. It's weird because it kind of, it's, look at Keith Lee. It kind of is, but oh, it's, it's, it's canon at convenience. <laughs> like it isn't canon. <laughs> It's like when you see like the rules of the Royal Rumble. The rules of the Royal Rumble change for convenience, <laughs> depending on what they want to do that year. So same with same with NXT canon. Like it's there's no actual full on decision, but it is. Yeah. So Walter getting absolutely destroyed. Apparently he was not happy about that. They're getting called all the so way to weird. Survivor Series uh, to eliminate <laughs> him as well. It's really odd. Like he's the face of NXT UK, and he was like squished away as if he was nothing. So I mean, at great. least Brock didn't throw him out of the ring in 15 seconds at the Royal Rumble. Oh, cough, cough, riddle, cough. Oh, no. Riddle was even worse. It was bloody Baron Corbin, wasn't it? <laughs> That's you, even worse. You know how excited I would be for Goldberg defending the title against Riddle at WrestleMania? Oh, wait. I don't know if it will happen. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, find Roman another match. I need is, that match in my life. It's not a Vince declared thing. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm getting uh, pretty tired now, and I'm gonna. What? It's only like three o'clock over there. Oh, it's only half past three in the morning, and I've got to be up for <laughs> aftershock on Sunday. <laughs> I've got to do it again. Sunday? That's like three days from now. Oh, but I've got. It's, I've got. To, I don't want to. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> so I'm doing this right. for you, lots of pain people. Um, so I'll be going to bed relatively shortly and microwaving this plate of chips. Wow. <laughs> just... Microwaved fries, delicious. Oh, I know how to live <laughs> with my microwave chips. Um, so, as you can tell, uh, Elimination Chamber this Sunday, I we have like zero care for it, but I will be watching it live, tweeting about it. Then I'll do aftershock afterwards. It might be a really short aftershock, but SmackDown will have some matches. The show will be four hours <laughs> of nothing. It'll be fine. So- before we go, for years and literally today, like every time we have a show, we talk about doing live commentary over uh, WWE pay-per-view. Aftershock yeah. is cool, but we've literally talked about figuring out how to mute commentary and just do live commentary ourselves on the matches instead because it would be fun and it would be interesting. And uh, if that's something that's interesting to people, like I would be totally down with giving it a shot or you know, Imp would do it with someone else. I don't really care, but I think it would be really fun. And for people who don't want to listen to Michael Cole screaming over matches and Corey Graves talking about his nonsense, like if, if you're interested in that, just like post it in the comments or email or tweet or whatever. Just let us know. And because of the Laws of Pain YouTube channel, we can finally do it. <laughs> we can finally <laughs> we do have it. the technology. Yeah, we <laughs> So, so we, it's one of those things where Bernard's like, oh, it would be awesome if we could do that. And then in that short period of time of Bernard, like having that idea, we've seen like everybody do it. It's like, oh, but well, we still, we <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> it's been a plan we would age. do it better. <laughs> so the idea is, uh, it's out there to do, and we can finally do it on Laws of Pay, so like a watch-along kind of thing. Uh, I know Plan's done a watch-along for single matches, but this will be like live as the event is happening. Live. Uh, yes, trying try to get all that. It'll be relatively cool and hopefully because i know other places do it and i know uh, wwe as a habit of their bot on youtube accidentally shutting down those streams thinking that it's a live stream <laughs> of the show <laughs> so like, even oh my god got... we'd have to set up silhouettes like mst3k style oh. Oh. 
So good. <laughs> well, here I was thinking just bland Photoshop image. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We got to do like the silhouettes MSC3K style with like a shadow ring with like shadow wrestlers inside. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> uh, I can uh, do that for all the all the match cards. Let's <laughs> 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 see what it's like. Uh, anyway. So, uh, so we might be doing that for a show. I don't know which one. I don't know if WrestleMania would be the mammoth one to test it on. Or... Yep, that's the tester. <laughs> the <big> tester. <laughs> We're going to do an eight-hour show as our test drive. <laughs> like we know how to test drive while also being a little bit crazy. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're totally up for doing something like that. So, well, if, actually, if I can arrange stuff with Bird, we can actually probably, properly figure it out now. It's been a dream for years. Even if nobody watches, it's been a dream for Literally years. four years. Hey, that's how the radio show started. We started doing the radio show. We're like, hey, this would be fun. Probably no one's ever going to hear it. And then yeah. thousands of viewers later, like, people listen. It's crazy. Sometimes you just got to throw something out in the universe and it catches on. Yeah, like, I hosted a, for Lords of Pain Radio, I hosted a 7 million listen special, like, last year. It's just like, that is absolutely crazy <laughs> <laughs> that I, to be fair it's even more complicated now because i've not been keeping a track of the youtube and the speaker numbers together <laughs> so i need to figure out uh what the actual totals are for the normal time because it <laughs> it's all over the place i need to figure it out and sometimes i don't have the time to actually upload it to youtube so it's even worse <laughs> it's all over the place uh anyway th- well, i guess it's, it's turning into a thank you to all of our listeners uh please yeah. get please get to us about stuff to do with this. I guess it's a perfect time for me to plug my crap. Follow me on Twitter, <laughs> at the damn Implicat. That's where you can get in touch with me with all the stuff we just talked about to get in touch with us without us saying get in, how to do it. <laughs> so you can get in touch with me. Yell at him, him about Becky Lynch not being Irish. <laughs> She's betrayed the nation. <laughs> she hasn't. She's awesome. <laughs> so uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at the damn Implicat. You can read my columns most... I say... I say every weekend, but I didn't post one last week. So I guess it's most weekends then. So it's because I realized, I've been posting on a Sunday and then I realised I was doing Aftershock for AW, And I was just like, well, I watched Smackdown on a Saturday and I'm not doing that. And I'm not going to be getting up to post the column either. So I guess I'll just cancel it. <laughs> I slept on Sunday. It was a good day. So anyway, I will be live next. I'll be live on Sunday following Elimination Chamber because they are... Super smart boy punishes himself. <laughs> then I'll be live next Thursday as well. Where really for the past two weeks I have had I've been so busy I've gone I've been going into Thursday with zero plans. And for the last two weeks in a row I have had somebody get in touch with me say Oh do you want to like do this and cover that? It's like yeah. So last week I had Sir Sam. We were, he hit me up about the New Japan Cup. Then the New Japan Cup got cancelled because of the coronavirus. So then we had to do an AW Revolution preview. But that was another one where it's like, oh, do you? I, I had zero plans this week. Burn was like, hey, I'm I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm alive and went to take over. <laughs> That's two weeks in a row. So I guess what I'm saying is, if you are somebody with podcast experience, hit me up. I have zero plans. It turns out, <laughs> and I'm incredibly free. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be back next week doing something with God knows who. <laughs> it's basically what I'm saying. It'll be wrestling related, roughly, as you've seen with this show. And yeah, 60-40 at worst. Yeah, 60-40 yeah, at worst. Uh, also, uh, Burn is about sometimes. You can find him now and then in the comments <laughs> forum. Uh, if not, he will find you. <laughs> He's, Probably he, not, but 
the next time you, you talk to me or hear me will probably be on this show. So just let us know if you want to hear a live show. Otherwise, uh, when I'm inspired, I will show up on the podcast or when Imp is very desperate and needs a podcast partner. <laughs> and uh, as, as I say, as, as I was kind of leading into, Burn is not a man who you find. Burn will find you <laughs> if, if necessary. If he deems it worthy... <laughs> Which he never does. <laughs> he's he's not like Chuck Norris when Chuck Norris finds the people who are worthy. Burns like he's more like Orange Cassidy. <laughs> comparison. <laughs> that is a fair comparison. You want to call me the Orange Cassidy of of podcasting? <laughs> so oh, it's the I've, I was trying to do the half thumb thing. Then remembered I'm on a podcast, <laughs> so that's a bit pointless. <laughs> uh, on YouTube. Oh yeah, podcast on YouTube, but I've not invested in figuring out the video yet. <laughs> I, Video's tricky. So I've bought a new laptop, so I do have a like new lens on it. So like it was an SSD, so it actually loads things fast now. Hooray! But it, uh, yeah, so it's got. I could technically use that, and I was kind of like, but I think I prefer to actually invest in lighting and an actual. If I'm doing this, I'm doing this properly. I'm putting the money into it, damn it, and I'm not gonna. I don't want to appear with like low budget stuff, so. That's my thinking. If I'm, inv- if I'm doing it, I'm doing it right. Just like this podcast. <laughs> the highest quality. Uh, uh, so you can, uh, thank you for listening to this show. You can check out all the other shows on LOP Radio. Uh, live after AW Dynamite, we have our show Dynamite After Dark with Jamin and Jeff. Uh, Fridays is now the Legacy Series, which I get confused with because in my notes I have TLS, which also stands for The Late Shift. That confuses me. <laughs> so the Legacy Series for the NWA releases every Friday. They had a week off last week, but should be returning this week. I haven't checked their Twitter to actually check that one. Uh, Saturday's reserved for All Elite Wrestling's pay-per-view stuff. Sunday's reserved for WWE's thing, so two weeks in a row, one of those days will be used. Uh, Tuesday's is Kingdom of Honor with Jam Man and his friend Jeff. And Wednesday's was planned Sports Entertainment is Dead, but he wrapped up last month. And Imp hasn't had the time to check up on his, the people he was talking about maybe replacing. <laughs> I need to follow stuff up on. I still don't have any time, though. Maybe eventually I'll do it. Maybe. <laughs> but then I'm back next Thursday. To be fair, I could feel it. We've got a late night Wednesday show and an early Friday show. <laughs> do I need yeah, to you don't have enough anymore? going on. Yeah, I don't have enough going on. It's fine. Yeah, it's perfectly fine. It's not like... Uh, I'm going to be having an extension built at my house within the next couple of months, and that will go exactly. on for eight weeks. So zero recording during the day. Sorry, Sam. Sir Sam, <laughs> are you <laughs> adding new brothers? <laughs> that's, that's what's happened. The family is going to grow. <laughs> We're going to expand. Uh, the fam- I've been playing lots of Red Dead. <laughs> it went into my. <laughs> I was going into those. I, mean, I was at that point where I dropped off somebody weird at a weird place it's like well, have you been uh, are you a certain kind of family oh you're a bit odd aren't you ah. I'm tired <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this <laughs> true <Well>. story <laughs> uh, anyway I'm going to go and microwave my chips Burns going to I don't, have his dinner I don't know it was 5pm when we started I don't know if he's eating anything <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have my chips but American yeah. chips yeah, American actual chips. Uh, thank you to everybody who's listened. Uh, hit me up where I've already said. Uh, watch Elimination Chamber if you really, really like hate yourself. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Some of it'll be fun. The tag match will be fun. As to Black AJ Styles will be fun until the booking kicks in. The <laughs> the Women's Chamber is is normally quite a fun match, if not spectacular. Uh, it's, I think there must have been about one that was great. I just can't 
remember anything about their chamber matches, <laughs> which kind of says something about these uh, gimmick pay-per-views where they happen because of time of year, storyline relevant or not. <laughs> Hence Hell in a Cell for the past two years, where they've been yep. bullcrap bull endings for both of them, <laughs> which destroyed the rules of the thing existing in the first place. Yeah, Elimination Chamber this year feels exactly like that. There's no need for this pay-per-view whatsoever, <laughs> but it's that time of year, so here we go. So, yeah. Anyway, join me on Sunday afterwards in the early hours to talk about that show, uh, and then maybe join us for Burns' mega return for the big WrestleMania. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so it goes. Speaking anyway. it into existence. Yes. <laughs> anyway, with I think I think for YouTube we can go as long as we want as well. So that's good. As long as we don't get demonetized too much or a strike <laughs> or something. WWE bots will take us down, but yeah. you can't just, silence us. Let's be careful. Let's just look what happened to Fightful. Let's be careful. Just <laughs> yeah, that was like the YouTube store. Like YouTube is not a great platform to be a creator on. It's really weird. Like you can get all the success in the world, but you get it with all the BS in the world as well. It's uh, a little bit irritating. Uh, We'll see what happens when we reach that point. <laughs> just, uh, uh, I'm not the one who gets those emails, so I can just do stuff <laughs> and then get blamed later. Uh, anyway, thank you for watching. Thank you watching. Uh, we're watching everyone on YouTube. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for following me on Twitter and checking out my columns and <laughs> whatever. Uh, and with that, I bid with you and Burn bids you. See you later. Adios. And for the podcast listeners, if I can bloody find this, it's the extra thing. Burns already pissed off. <laughs> so uh, thank you for listening to this mega episode. I thought we'd go for a keeping it strong style kind of length. As, but Bird had a lot to chat about and just get off his chest after he's been absent for quite a while. I think the last time I had him was like May or something. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening to the show. I've given all of my plugs already. Uh, again, I'll be live with Aftershock again this next weekend after Elimination Chamber, so look out for that. Again, hit us up on Twitter if you like, just to show interest. So we're doing a kind of, I guess I'll get like, like a weird poll like that. Whoever's made it this far into the show, <laughs> just, yeah, just to gauge interest for the mega watch-along kind of idea. Anyway, thank you for listening. I'm going to play the theme. Adios. Ten.